0: Uh, Jack, I don't know if you know, your camera's doing a thing. <laughs> I don't know what the thing is. Hey, oh, well, well, um, hey well, and well, participation.
1: I'm adjusting myself. Ah, like yes. EDT, I'm, no, Evening... I'm, I'm just trying to, find, trying to get comfortable
0: and was just getting tea. Yeah. It's all fine, yeah. everyone. This is not technical difficulties. This is actually perfectly fine. How are you all? No, uh, how... Difficult. Yeah, how was the chat tonight? I'm seeing surges in the chat, love to see that. Uh, I have one small thing I'm going to announce now, and then at the end, once we have more people, because we always have more people at the end, and I was asked to do this by a fan of the stream and of Jack's podcast, which you will probably listen to anyway, but yeah. Uh, basically, the UVW are doing a strike at the uh, at, at care workers and cleaners at Sage Nursing Home. They're going on strike for the first time in history. I'm going to drop their link in the chat, so that you can see how you can support their strike, what was my really funny joke about them before we uh, Oh before it was we on air? that's the that's the wrestling federation I think it was yeah, yeah. it was a, great, it it was was a, a good joke a, a fantastic joke, yeah it was um, <laughs> I didn't want to waste it, you know yeah this is the thing whenever you do something like this is when you're not live, it's always really good, and then you go live and it's like, oh well, we wasted all of the good all of the good bits, but anyway, up there. Yeah. Uh, Jack, do you want to introduce yourself to everyone in case people don't uh, know who you yeah. are? Oh fuck, I spilt my tea everywhere. Yeah,
1: that's it, uh, my <laughs> self-introduction. Yeah, I'm I'm Jack. Um I am the host and founder of Real Politic, the uh, scurrilous left-wing podcast. I'm the sipper of tea. Um no, I'm the I'm the creator of uh gape cast the only sitcom about mike gapes uh <laughs> in which i star as mike gapes and a host of other characters um i am also somebody who records music under the name crazy moose although i may change the name because it's not a really very good one um and uh i post on twitter and engage in uh arguments about centrism and so on quite frequently
0: yes and that's going to feature a lot tonight and also for people wondering about the beard situation i trimmed my beard because it's ridiculous like what I, I i change my beard every once in a while because i get bored you know how people <laughs> cut their hair in lockdown i just change my beard type so oh, mine's
1: just a straight mess man honestly it's just just needs needs an urgent tidying up but i was like do I do that before this stream? now I was like, you know what you lot I like my family. I don't <laughs> mind if you see me see me a bit rough and ready, you know it's like um you know it's just like I'd hang out with any of you you know um and i i I'd give you a friendly hug what after not having showered for like two months <laughs> you know that's the that's the kind of closeness and trust that I have with the audience of this stream.
0: I, I will also point out that that I usually do this to my facial hair when job-related stuff might be happening. So if you want me to complain about Ooh. capitalism on a structural level, I am not allowed to do that in case an employer watches this like the last time this happened. So <laughs> with that out of the way, uh, the book. You've all seen me complain about the book on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It is called The Dark Knight and The Puppet Master. I was extremely unhappy that it wasn't about... You know, it wasn't a Metallica, DC Comics collaboration, as I pointed out. It was very sad for me to find out that it was in fact a book written by, I think, the son of a frontbencher under Blair. Is that what? Yeah, Charles
1: Clark. Charles Clark was Blair's, uh, nation secretary, and then he was his Home Secretary for a couple of years at a time, um, for a very senior um figure in the new Labour governments and um if you can't picture him it's the guy with the really big ears.
0: Yeah. I also got the title the wrong way round. It's actually the Puppet Master in the Dark Knight. <laughs> the, the, the,
1: the the uh the, 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 the Batman and the Mr Seamus Mill that that's yeah
0: I mean if you wanted the uh if you wanted the executive summary of it but yeah <laughs> I'm gonna change the title real quick ninja edit everyone
1: Self <laughs> shit yeah um but i mean yeah i've got more to say on charles clark i've got my uh well i wouldn't say academic but i've got my sources <laughs> you know that i can read from uh that's reversed isn't it on screen uh, uh it's been no by Oh, maybe just for me
0: yeah
1: <laughs> well anyway so can you see that says Bruce Springsteen as well?
0: Yeah, just about. I'm trying to edit this damn title, but it's refusing to obey my commands. You'd think um... I'd get the... Yeah, it's reversed in Jack's vision. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, there you go. I've got the title right at last. Um, yeah, hey. so the book is... As you might imagine, bad. I don't like it at all. I was <laughs> to, to give you the executive summary. I hate the book, and there's nothing redeeming about it. Yeah,
1: I, I can't repeat some of the things that I said in private about this book.
0: I, yeah, you should see mine and Jack's DMs first of all, because like, we literally cannot say some of those things in public. We will be in big trouble and banned by Twitch. Yeah. I can give you a sample. It contained the word "cunt" quite a lot. Oh yeah, we can say that as long as we don't say it too much. So that is gonna be that is gonna feature quite prominently. Okay, not too much. Not bear too much. much. We can't. Yeah, just bear in mind this is the libel-free zone. If you want libel, you should go to end participation stream. It's not not libel to call someone a cunt, is it? No, but I mean, just in general, some of the stuff we might say.
1: <laughs> Maybe the poetry, I, don't, I Well, okay. Anyway, let yeah. Let, let's, yeah. let's
0: move on. Let's, let's move power on. forward. Let's power on. Okay, so we've both got copies of the book, unfortunately. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna start from the first bit, which is called context, where he tells us about this argument. Apparently,
1: I'm doing product placement. <laughs> I work for Amazon, so I just I, I don't think anyone's gonna notice. It's pretty subtle. <laughs>
0: Amazon have good workers' rights. Don't listen to the communists. Uh, it's okay. worth noting that Amazon owned twitch.tv and so um, <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So well, uh, overlook they're gonna be very happy with your stream, I if, think. If you would like if you would like to give Jeff Bezos' his money to me, subscribe with Twitch Prime. That that makes him pay me two pound two dollars fifty. Or even better, give it to Jeff Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um he, he's So, basically, the point of this book, according to him, is he wants to figure out what the tension is in the left. What is the big problem? Where does all of this tension come from that we're feeling, apparently? And, you know, in the US and the UK. And he divides the left into two groups, which is already a good start, because that's definitely not enough groups, and you can bet that it's going to be really bad. Uh, yeah. Left populism which is the cool, handsome people with long hair, as I understand it.
1: <laughs> exactly. I'm a left populist. And I'd say, you know, your politics, maybe they lean more towards the pluralist side of things. Um, n- n- well, we'll read the... we have a little back and forth
0: here. We're going to bridge the bipartisan divide. Uh, perhaps we'll, we'll read the <laughs> definitions to you and then you can decide who's a populist, who's not. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But yeah, there's a left pluralist, which is, you know, just the melt faction, I suppose we'll call it yeah, yeah, the sake yeah, of... it melts, yeah. Melt Yeah, <laughs> the word melt doesn't
1: appear anywhere in this book, which is bitterly disappointing.
0: Yeah, it is a bit sad. He, but there are other terms that we love dearly that are mentioned, and we will... Mm-hmm. I, I have specifically highlighted the, the passage so that we talk about it, because it's incredibly funny. So, I will read out what he describes left populism as. Left populism is a style of progressive politics based on the idea that only left-wing ideas can be moral, that most problems are deliberately imposed from above, and that society is in a right-wing decline. Most common on the Corbynite, far left, though not (laughs) unique to it, left populism deploys stories of conflict, insurgency, and crisis. Now, narratives of of conflict sounds familiar. I feel like there are some ideologies that contain conflict between classes of people i don't know what we would call that ideology though um <laughs> who can say but that's uh that's already a bad that uh, so my highlight my note here was this is a bad definition that's going to cause problems later and would you believe it i was right it causes problems later um, yeah
1: I, mean, I think i was also thoroughly vindicated in my initial impression of the book which is um i mean might as well start with this and then kind of elaborate on it as we go on. But yep. like um, essentially when I found out that this guy was the son of a new labor cabinet minister, I thought that the book was going to be, yeah, this is my COD psychological analysis, that this is uh, the, the RP amateur psychology hour. <laughs> um, I, I thought that it was going to be essentially um, a a. a book-long grievance, uh, you know, airing of grievances about all the people who called his dad uh, a war criminal, uh, a privatisation profiteer, a violator of civil liberties, um, and a number of other, uh, a neoliberal, a Blairite, and all these other obscene epithets. Um, And, yeah, so you get the sense throughout the book of somebody who, um, you know, has a deep aversion to anti-establishment politics, which he terms left populism in this case, although he talks also about right populism. He says, I'm, I'm not going to focus on this as much because I am on the left. So already there's holes in the argument. <laughs> but, um, you know, he um, he's essentially developed this great aversion to left populism or to uh anti-establishment politics to, well, even the acknowledgement of the existence of an establishment, so to speak, because he, through his personal experience, can identify with the establishment. He's grown up and people are like, oh, these Blairite war criminals who voted for the Iraq war. He's like, oh, but I love my dad. And, you know, that's An admirable sentiment, I suppose, to be a a, a loving son, but, um, (laughs) you know, and some of my best friends are the sons of Blair era Labour MPs. But I should put that. (laughs) But just with with that caveat, I think that this is precisely the wrong. kind of attitude to have if your father was part of a a reactionary government um just to just to adopt an ultra defensive mode and, and and ultimately come out with this um theoretical this densely theoretical explanation for it um and and just to say we'll get to it but there's a a concluding section the conclusion which totally vindicates what i just said which was my initial press impression reading the early chapters of the book then at the end he basically says yeah this is why i feel like this. (laughs) people were mean about my dad um
0: so yeah where were you At Oh, um, first of all, I have to thank Polar J. Bear for donating £50 to the stream. That's awesome. Thank you. He does this every month or so. Thanks. Uh, Your golden tonti has been sent, by the way. Uh, The latest batch of golden tontis have been sent. So 10 of them. But I do want to point out a really funny comment, which does kind of get a the uh kind of gets at what this guy's argument is. There are two factions of the left, the left from the north and the left from the south. He does almost basically make that exact <laughs> argument. Like <laughs> And you have the left that is taken from the left in the north! And taken from the left
1: in the south.
0: Yes, um but but yeah, so where I'm at with this is yeah, this read like personal grievance being given a theoretical frame. That That's how it felt to me reading it, because it's just an analysis that has massive holes in it. Like, most of my notes in this are, you need to explain why you've just said this, you can't just assert this, you have a citation, but the citation shit... I ended up going through this like it was a friend's like dissertation, where I'm like, you can't just say these things, you yeah, have to explain all- yourself... I- There are a lot of notes I added
1: where he'd say such and such was interpreted, and I'd have to just add by whom. Yeah, you know,
0: like a lot. Like, so someone commented on one of the excerpts I put on Twitter that, like, you would they quote tweeted me, but not directing the message at me. With you would get laughed at in a GCSE coursework. You know, you'd get laughed at if you wrote like this for GCSE coursework. And I am like, yes, you would. It's really bad. Like, it's (laughs) obscenely bad, and it's a lot of it is inductive reasoning. You know, I'll read the definition of left pluralism for you all, just so that you get an idea of why I think this is personal grievance being given a theoretical structure. Left pluralism is an egalitarian politics, more common among non Corbynites. It rejects the idea that the political spectrum is a moral spectrum and accepts a diversity of values. Left plura- pluralists see social problems as organic, complex, and the product of conflicting demands, not as authored. They also tend to be more upbeat about increased interconnectedness with other nations. Oh, I yeah. mean, uh, just like
1: so stuff interconnectedness for globalized economy, adapting to it, the jobs are never coming back. Uh proper proper grim capitalist realism. Uh, I'm sure he's watching this and he'll laugh at me kind of citing Mark Fisher there in the same <laughs> way that I laugh at him like Ian Leslie says, Philip Collins <laughs> says, like Ian Dunt says we should leave the EU. You know, there's just constantly like I'm just laughing at the just the stupid people he cites. There's one bit where he's like, one columnist was like, the Corbynite poshos think that they can uplift the working classes. No, they've got Tory. Uh, and it's like, one columnist said this, and it's like, you, you look at the citation, and the columnist is Camilla Long. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like the arch-sneering fucking upper-class Times Tory. Well, is she the Telegraph, or what? Who? Fu- who? I think Telegraph. Papers?
0: It's the Telegraph. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. These papers are not the. Uh... He's like that. You could not see uh, the British media in, in by any reasonable estimation as like universally pro-establishment. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> What's the anti-establishment part of the British media?
0: Yeah, there is a great bit, and we'll get to it where he goes like all British newspapers frame themselves as a you know insurgency against the stat- status quo. And I'm like which ones like, like oh, literally which got... newspaper
1: Like we've got to take them at their word we just you know we have to listen to people's arguments and take them in good faith uh, apart from jeremy corbyn who is a traitor who spoke to hamas and hezbollah
0: Oh yeah, that's a whole thing. Also nice, uh. Steve with Sunday Sport. Yeah, the Sunday Sport, probably just about. And the Star. To be fair, the star is, the Daily Star has become a bit of a shit poster's paper with the front covers they've been busting out of the cabinet as clowns. Anyway, that's off topic. I shouldn't, I shouldn't derail my own stream so much. Um, mm. <laughs> I want to talk about anything but this book, but we're going to have to uh, Im- immediately, like, my, my notes start getting angry. Um, which is, I wrote rational debate klaxon in all caps because the first is that regaining a rational, civil and democratic debate should be the priority of people of all leanings. I'm sorry but who made the debate irrational and uncivil and undemocratic before? Like, Who was the person responsible for it? And then maybe we can start figuring out how to fix that problem, you know? You mean Tony Blair? well yeah in part <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I was thinking like
1: wait do we, who's the person responsible is it, his dad? Is it yes, Charles Park? his dad i wouldn't be surprised um the first note i took in this book was actually no fucking later than page three Ooh. does he tie the left to the murder of joe cox the horrific murder of joe cox mp in 2016 sincerely condemned by populists, but nevertheless the product of narratives which caricature and dehumanise the other side. Um, The other side... I mean, the fascist who killed Joe Cox had no uh, conception of, oh, well, she was uh, the... uh," (laughs) See, I don't have a problem with Jeremy Corbyn as a neo-Nazi because, you see, Corbyn is on the populist left. My problem is with the uh, what they call the pluralist left. Um, That... It's just such a ridiculous framing when that was clearly a kind of left right murder uh, and a really appalling one that, as he fucking concedes, was widely condemned
0: by everyone I know on the left. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a lot of this early on where he's like, actually, these two things are the same and they are not different. So one of the early notes I took, I took a lot of notes, so it's probably not worth going through all of them because most of them were me. Yeah, so my note on this one is, again, these things are not equal and opposite, implying that my first point was probably about the Joe Cox issue. As a result, we have demagogues as varied as Jeremy Corbyn and Jacob Rees-Mogg. These are not the same thing. Like, I don't want to be... I don't want to. I want to make this point, and I make it a lot. Superficially similar things can be different. There is a difference between good things and bad things. And also, arguably, Jeremy Corbyn is, if he's a demagogue, he's the least competent demagogue ever because he couldn't even demagogue very well because it didn't seem like that was his particular political character. Liberal brain rot is probably about right with this.
1: Hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, but then on page four, they compare uh, left euroscepticism to uh, Donald Trump's protectionism. Uh, there's a bit later where they try he tries to, like, really air out Lexit, and the only um, proponents of Lexit that he can actually produce to uh, back up his argument are three men in their 80s, <laughs> Dennis Skinner, Ken Loach, and Kelvin Hopkins. Um, you know... <laughs> And it's just kind of like these people, I mean, like, yeah, Skinner is a very revered figure. Loach is for his own reasons. Kelvin Hopkins is not particularly. But, um, mm. you know, none of these people represent, like, the beating heart of, you know, they're all quite disconnected from um, from, like, the heart, the beating heart of the modern left, if you will. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so, like, there's this point about populist belief systems are destructive wherever they appear on the spectrum. And my note here is why. Like, and he goes on to say, they indulge a cognitively dissonant conspiracy theorist view. So already, mm. and I'm like, do they? Which ones? Like, wh- y- like the thing is, this guy is just declaring these things. And it's like, it's, it's, it's true. It's self-evident that this is the case. And is it is it self-evident i don't know like yeah zintel phase, my enemies are mentally ill he does fall slightly short of saying that explicitly but it is definitely there's definitely there's there's sections of this where he tries he could so the puppet master and the dark knight are two of the constructs he builds to uh, that are basically mm. straw man's of what he thinks the populace left believe. Yeah,
1: I, I think that the, the puppet master and the dark knight, I think it's all nonsense, like just all yeah, to be clear, all of, it, all of it's rubbish. But I think that the golden era myth, which we'll get to later, is even less accurate. Mm-hmm. I think that he's completely misrepresenting the Corbinite left with that one. Um, but there's just a, an, another interesting quote, page five, from a Syria debate to Haringey Council's first high... Haringey Council's high-profile divisions over housing policy for is fraught with accusations of bad faith. Um, and that's just interesting because he only... <laughs> he only perceives these as being on, like, on one side. So it's only for people who are, like... Claire Cober as leader of Harringay Council, is just a fucking Blairite shill in the pockets of property developers. Um, <laughs> you know who was then, I believe, given a peerage by the Tories. I may, I may have misremembered that, but. Um, you know, that's bad faith. But then when, like, um, when Labour were leading with, like, 40-something points in the polls at the time, Roy Hattersley wrote a piece in The Observer saying, Labour is is at its lowest ebb ever. And, uh, (laughs) you know, the trots of these terrible, beastly people demonising the Labour membership. um, That's not bad faith. So, you know, there's a willful myopia to this whole thing. Um, I, I would never claim that my myself and my side always operate wholly in good faith in our criticisms. I mean, a lot of what I do is just kind of taking the piss. But yeah. um, but, but 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 then this lot do claim that <laughs> they do claim, but they don't. Uh, that that they're totally fair and even handed to us, and that is the problem. Uh, and that's in fact precisely what they accuse the left of, which is uh, you know this kind of sententiousness, this moral certitude.
0: Yeah. So there is there is this bit. So, that I found interest, find interesting, right? So, there's this little bit where he's trying to explain, man, our values are so good and so strong, why do we keep losing? And I'm going to read, I'll read this entire section. Despite our core values being strong enough and rational enough, I hate the framing of rationality, but here we go, mm. that we should be the natural party of government again government government of what this country i mean labor has ruled for barely 30 of the 120 years since it was founded so here's the thing i don't understand how populism is to blame for labor's failure to govern govern for 90 of the 120 years if it was in the hands of pluralists for the overwhelming majority of that time like oh, yeah. detonated his own argument in the first chapter basically just completely I- I think key difference between people on the left and the
1: centre is that the centre, they say about, uh, oh, well, you know, the far left ideas of Corbyn have never been tested in any um, major Western democracy. And, you know, this is debatable because you've got like the first term of Mitterrand and stuff. But on the other hand, like, you could, their view is that for somebody who's made the grubby compromises of state power, that actually makes them more trustworthy. Whereas, uh, you know, I think uh, people on the left think, well, you know, given that the other thing has been allowed to happen, you know, this the, the other form of managing the Labour Party, that this guy's political tradition favour, um, they've been given a go. Um, that makes us trust them less yeah. and think, <laughs> well, may, maybe we should try something different. Whereas uh, trying something new is anathema to people from his blairite tradition
0: yeah and participation olaf palmer is a good reference for corbyn but also the uk is like a substantially different economy like in terms of size and role in the global economy so that might Mm. be the more of a point with using Mitterrand as a reference
1: yeah but i mean just the point is like to me the idea that something hasn't been done before is more enticing
0: yeah you know Yeah. Fa- famously, we do things the same way we've always done them, and nothing has changed in 6,000 years. That's why I'm currently chiseling in, in cuneiform onto this clay tablet. <laughs> no. Um, so, the, the, the follow-up to this point about Labour being shit at winning elections, which, again, it really is the fault of left pluralists, as described here. Uh, with 10 of those years coming under a prime minister who the populist left now despises as a closet Tory, I'm like... <laughs> plenty of uh, us despised him at the time yeah and also like he may not have been a closet Tory I'm completely willing to sort of concede the point there because he's very much of the Labour Party because it's I dislike the party and he very much represents a real you know political tendency within it but also he was a fucking populist like I don't want to be like what was tough on crime tough on the causes of crime if not right wing populism (laughs) like a right wing framed populist appeal that's literally what that was (laughs) I mean, yeah,
1: I mean, I identify broadly just because this is the term that, that, you know, these are the terms that the debate has been shifted onto. I do identify broadly with the people who describe themselves as left populists at the moment. But on the other hand, I've always kind of rejected the populist label. I don't think it's necessarily helpful. I, you know, I just view myself as a socialist and people like Chris Curtis as not being that, um, which yeah, would piss him off a lot. Uh, because he repeatedly
0: protests that he sees himself as a socialist <laughs> then he but, should uh, simply be a socialist and express socialist he... views and not tory yeah. views like... yeah
1: there you go there you go um you know and he does he trickle have you noticed he, he he kind of he's all like oh i believe in greater equality as well but he trickles out his right-wing views often using hypothetical scenarios often using mm. kind of inventing these people like well whatever. uh, uh black gay women uh wanted to deport trans people you know um he said he says uh for example in terms of this like the little dog whistles a little bit of trickling jess phillips mp summed this up when she called for less heat and more light phillips was referring specifically to the debate around, around trans issues but it was a phrase which sums up the gulf that has opened up the left uh, and that's really interesting. I think it may be there, or it may be elsewhere, but he just can't resist mentioning something about trans rights. And then I think maybe saying that they uh, come into conflict of some other rights or, or what have you but um he, he actually co-
0: specifically says supporting muslim people might contradict supporting lgbt rights
1: oh yeah, yeah yeah, and he talks about you know like the the conflict the fight between muslims and jews at one point as well which is very telling uh, Yeah, he his, actually his, his, very specifically
0: is, is talks about it in the context of israel and palestine and says Basically, comes to the position that yes, all Israelis are Jewish and almost all Muslims, all, pack, all Palestinians are Muslim, and I'm like, that's not true, <laughs> like at all, yeah. like in the slightest, like not even remotely true. There are lots of Palestinian Christians, for example, you know. There are lots of people who live in Israel who are Muslim, atheists, yeah. so on. Right.
1: He mentions in a little footnote after he mentions trans people at one point, he says, um, you know. This per- specifically pertains to the trans issue, which is a source of controversy. This is very much like little hedging his bets there, that I don't intend to get into. Mm. But then he just can't resist a few chapters later when he's naming, you know, the folk devils of the left: Blairites, centrists, neoliberals, imperialists, transphobes. You know, the the in his words, the phantom. Transphobes. It's. I just thought that was extremely telling. You know. Yeah. This guy's I... like our age as well, which is fucking. You know, it's fucking disgusting. Imagine like having like, you know, the, the views of uh, Janice Turner and Matthew Dancona on trans rights and being a young person. You know, not even like the reflexive bigotry of someone who's not into politics, but like the rank fucking reactionary prejudice covered up under this like snobby liberal broadsheet tone uh of the worst people in the country i yeah okay this real... is
0: suddenly much worse because i didn't know he was a similar age to us I... yeah no
1: i mean he talks about something what what does he say uh let me find the oh, autobiography because
0: he says he's at school during the new labor years yeah yeah, yeah so he, he must uh, be around our age yeah of course
1: yeah did he say something about how he graduated in 2015 I think that's, that's you know, that's the year I graduated. Wait, that's so, the I mean, year
0: I graduated the first time, at least. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I did a master's after that. Yeah. You know, he probably did as well. Like, this is a guy... This breeds like a guy who's spent a lot of time in academia. Nothing wrong with that, but it absolutely... Do- well, there is in this case, because it's not, you know, there's good <laughs> academia
0: and bad academia. Oh, sorry. Apparently, he's 33, which makes me All feel right. a little better, because I'm 26, okay. so... <laughs> Yeah uh, yeah
1: okay so uh, yeah as am i so that's make. yeah again but still that's not that much you know it's still yeah. still dog shit politics it's it's but, within our but,
0: generation and within the yeah. group of people who we commonly associate with on these sorts of things who have good opinions so yeah, already disliked this guy quite a lot. So there's he, he, he sort of sections this. In a. actually, the one positive thing here, I do try and say one positive thing, is he sectioned this out nicely so it's at least bite-sized, even if it's very thin. And also mm. thanks to Sam for raiding me with free people. Welcome. Everyone should go follow Sapphite on here because she's great. But, so, so you know, there's the where do we disagree bit, which is what is the alternative to left populism? And he's trying to figure out what. Where do we disagree? Where do, Where do we disagree with each other? And I'm like, yes, that would be good I to find to out. <laughs> you know. <sighs> <laughs> well, um,
1: I mean, I think it's telling again as to the motivation of his writing this book. Um, he says something like, "I refer specifically to the commentators, activists, politicians, and self-proclaimed outriders." ...who promote the three narratives. Oh, yeah. I've been on on this podcast before... ...angry at Owen Jones. (laughs) Now, this (laughs) is a man... ...I know from personal experience... ...this is unmistakably... ...a man who is angry at Owen Jones. Oh, boy, does he prove it
0: later, by the way, everyone.
1: (laughs) And not just Owen Jones... Matt Zarb, the provocateur Matt Zarb-Cousin, who he says friend, is friend worst, of the stream, he's been on the stream from James Dellingpole <laughs> uh, you have uh, Paul Mason, who is of course totally representative of his, uh, of, of the wider hard left in his uh, views on the people's bomb and so on uh... and, um, <laughs> and um, who, who else? Uh, oh, Abby
0: Wilkinson gets a mention oh yeah well, he really mischaracterizes her as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I think so. It. Another sure. friend of the stream. But it's it's but strange how the these team. are all friends of the stream and our various podcasts, actually. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, when I saw that quote about Matt, I sent it to him straight away. Like, all <laughs> <laughs> <Matt, laughs> love
0: this. Oh, yeah, shit, I should have sent it to him. I didn't even think to do that. I was just like, this is highlighting it like, oh, friend of the stream's getting mentions. A lot of people who've yeah. been on the stream or who might be on the stream getting mentioned in this book. Um, <laughs> name in lights. Yeah, so he actually describes the three myths that make up the title of this book. Well, two of them make up the title. So his first myth is the Dark Knight, the second is the Puppet Master, and the third is the Golden Era. So I'm going to read what these myths are, and I want everyone to sort of not check out from boredom or getting furious so the first myth is... is
1: that this clown who is mentally unstable who's been beaten down by austerity and mental illness you know he goes out there and he commits all these crimes and he like pushes somebody's head on a pencil and i can't remember most of the plot of the dark
0: knight come to think of it Yeah, actually. I think you got it confused with the plot of Joker as well, the Joker as well. Yeah,
1: no, I figured I'd just work in the more contemporary resonances, you know.
0: Surprisingly good film. Um, Yeah, Yeah, anyway. (laughs) Anyway, not not the stream for that. Sorry, everyone. Um, So, the first myth is the Dark Knight, which concerns morality in the political spectrum. The far left usually believes that the right is motivated by self-interest or spite. As a result, they regard as immoral many of the individuals, causes, methods, and institutions which they think are closer to the right. The center-left doesn't tend to interpret issues through this lens, which sounds like a problem with the center-left to me. But anyway, Mm. I I wrote a note here, which is asking questions to the author. So like, but why not? And if policies result in objectively immoral outcomes, how can't you regard people as closer to those politics as more immoral? An example, a recent example would be, is it immoral to provide those food packages to kids that look the way they did, is that immoral? Because you're pro- you're propagating starvation when you could simply stop it, right? Well, Chris would say it's just a cock up. It's just a, a, ba- <laughs> a
1: tragic accident.
0: Yes, um, horrible accident that the outsourcing resulted in this. It's, it's not predictable at all. No, none of us could have predicted this.
1: The thing is that I, I think that most Tories, like, I think that, you know, Terrible people in most ways. But I don't really think that people wake up and think, oh, I, what, yeah, today I'm going to fuck over the poor. I think that the Tories do believe that there is some kind of great social benefit of what they're doing, that, you know, they create all the wealth in the city and then that somehow trickles down to the average person. Um, the thing is that the fact that I know that about the Tories uh means that i am no more sympathetic to people from the blairite wing of things uh when he argues that oh blairites want the same things as we do you know a fairer society you know good public services i'm like well so fucking what you say you want that so do most tories
0: yeah Uh, like (laughs) everyone everyone Says no one's going to come out and say, I had 12 their villainous mustache and go, actually, today, you know, they're not, not everyone is Dr. Eggman kidnapping woodland creatures to put them into robot costumes for some reason. I don't yeah, know. I mean, they're,
1: like, they're not in some way, you know, some of them are in some ways, I guess. Like, uh, so some of them believe that, you know, profit does actually genuinely come above, like, say, the environment. But on the other hand, they're, they're, you know, they're probably not trying to, like, destroy the world because then they may wouldn't have, you know, totally, because then they may wouldn't have as much to profit from but uh in in action what they are doing is destroying the world so it's like whether or not they mean it they believe in an ideology that i can see in front of me is destroying the world so yeah yeah.
0: like i live in the uk that is subject to this ideology I'm pretty keenly aware of what the problems are with it and where the what the ends are. I walk around Nottingham and I see homeless people everywhere. I, and yet, I cannot call this evil for some reason. Anyway, I'm gonna... Before I lose my mind at this bit, we have to get through the three myths that he's trying to construct, here and yeah, they are myths in every sense of the word. Uh, the second is the Puppet Master. Sadly, not a Metallica... Oh, oh dear. Damn, Discord did the thing again? Oh, dear. Sorry, Jack. Um i guess right. my discord has done the thing it's it hasn't done that in a while now it's done it again God, oh well. you hate it, you, I, you hate it i see you again um yeah yeah sorry. i was just
1: saying most of chapter two is just him talking about the philosophy of rules anyway so yeah uh yeah <laughs> uh, but the second area. is the
0: puppet master which concerns power and society the far left often believes that society's problems are coordinated and deliberately created by those in power Um, I'll get to that in a second. The center-left, by Mm. contrast, leans towards chaos-based explanations and is less suspicious of government, which, again, I think reflects poorly in some cases on the center-left. So-called. chaos,
1: hostility, and murder.
0: And it's a complete misunderstanding of any left-wing analysis that I've seen to say, actually, it is all planned and coordinated. No, it's people acting in in, in the interest of capital, people who have an interest Mm. in, you know, preserving and, you know expanding their capital, behave in certain ways. It is structural. They are compelled by the structures that exist to do certain things. Again, like, there is no leftist analysis that I've ever seen, whether from people who we would describe as populists or otherwise, that seems to suggest that this is the case. At least not by, outside of, like, some outlets that I would call, you know, uh, liberal conspiracist outlets that Act as if they're on the left but oh yeah i did a structural critique of capitalism god damn it i'm gonna get i can't get i get blacklisted from a job again hate to see it but yeah that was the second myth um look i have to do it it's literally my job now <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i i think you gotta a, yeah can you
1: do a left-wing thing without some structural critique of capitalism
0: I don't think so. Well, let's hope... No, I
1: think, I think you're just Chris Clark, otherwise.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we all know that I'm much better looking and much more coherent than Chris Clark. As... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I will get to the third myth, which I think is kind of the most wrong one, because at least the other two are kind of rooted in something I can believe exists, even if I don't think that they're actually, you know, real in any serious sense. The third myth is the golden era. This relates to change, decline, and the past. The far left's interpretation is usually that society is becoming increasingly right wing and has been for decades. The center left is inclined to see the positives in globalization or to feel that labor has made as many advances or retreats. So first of all, if the center left really believed that labor has made, capital L or small L labor has made as many advances or retreats over the past 40 or 50 years, you need to like, they, they should be embarrassed because he clearly thinks that the pluralist left are very stupid. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, if you believe that, you're not very clever. I don't, I, I, don't know how to frame it in a polite phrase. That in a polite way, it, you, you're dumb. Sorry, son. Like, you know, it's just bad. It's bad analysis. Horrible analysis. If you believe that, he
1: he believes uh, essentially the old adage that socialism is what a Labour government does. Um, the, <laughs> essentially, if you have a Labour government uh, doing their thing. Then, uh, well, whatever socialism has ever
0: existed, you know. Um, yeah, famously, no other socialism has ever existed in the history of the world. Well, you know? not according to him. <laughs> I mean, but the, the thing is, he accuses the
1: left in this this whole golden era myth. This is why I think it's the most bollocks of the three. Um, is is that he he accuses the left of having this, you know, uh, misty eyed rose-tinted romantic nostalgia for, say, uh, the post-war period. Um, But at the same time, when there is not this uh, nostalgia, when the left does reckon honestly with the past, he's also critical of that. So, for example, uh, he gets very angry, apparently, about the... um, I, I believe the phrase he... Quotes in scare quotes derisively is the the neo-colonial nature of Clement Attlee's government, uh, which I think is a a totally legitimate um, description of Attlee. In
0: in fact, Um, he gets angry that Jeremy Corbyn specifically made a case along those lines against Attlee in 2014 he does yeah he cites a piece that Which, sounds quite good yeah by the it's way ge- based it's Corbyn quote like based yeah. Corbyn by the way can we fair, just say fair
1: play for oh. Corbyn but McDonnell also uh for he- the way he's spoken about that period gets it in the ear in this book mm-hmm. because McDonnell Ch- uh, called Winston Churchill a villain I mean. and um Then, later on, uh, Chris Clark helpfully illustrates how Churchill was in no way a villain by extensively quoting his uh, white supremacist views. (laughs) Yeah, like...
0: (laughs) So, thank you, Chris, for uh, somehow disproving McDonald. there. I I will (laughs) just say that if... The the thing that happens after you win a war, usually, as the incumbent government, is you win an election in a landslide... Uh, Churchill got landslided, implying that he wasn't very good even back then. So even in the eyes of a lot of the British public. So no. And there's just like, you
1: know, you know he gets very angry at like quotes from Ralph Miliband and all these people about how, uh, you know, the Attlee government merely ameliorated the excesses of capitalism or what have you. Um, he has described and again,
0: social democracy quite accurately, I would say. Um, it,
1: yeah, it's just, it's just like spot on. Uh, spot on from
0: the boy Ralph. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so we do get to a bit where titled "Left Pluralism," where he's like, "I, I want to read this quote in full because it's just—it's not true. He's not—he's not—he's not being honest here with us about what he actually thinks." So, as someone who would be described as center-left, and he puts "center" in quotes. <laughs> For instance, yeah. I'm no less egalitarian than the far-left. I disagreed with the premise of Corbynism, not the values driving it. Again, it's just not fucking true. It's just not fucking true. It's not true. Like yeah,
1: Values are so vague and nebulous, but once you get into it, as I say, most Tory voters share a lot of values with Labour voters. It's that Values are not concrete politics. Um, so when he says that Diane Abbott and Alistair Campbell actually share significant values, I'm like, ah, okay. I mean, but, <laughs> but in action, the two are drastically different, aren't they?
0: Yeah, it's it's just it's just bra- it's just brain rot, brain rot writ large. um Okay, so here's the thing. Okay, so there's a quote here. So for sure. The far left is where belief in myths is most concentrated. Again, citation needed, I think. He does have a citation, but the citation is like some weird right-wing columnist, if I remember correctly. But it is possible to be a pluralist communist who refutes conspiracy theories. Again, you have described, sir most communists who have actual material analysis. So I don't yeah. get, I don't get like, he's just mad at people online. He's mad at someone in the chat. I forget who you were. I apologies. Says he's just mad at the 300 300- you know, people who comment on Canary articles. Uh,
1: Yeah, Um, I don't know who he considers a legitimate Corbynite, because he keeps saying you can be of the Corbyn supporting left and be legitimate, provides no examples whatsoever, and even rejects the more moderate-adjacent Corbynites like Michael Chesham.
0: Yeah, which, that's a whole other stream. Um, But even, even, like, friend of the stream, Abby Wilkinson, you know, I like her a lot, but very, very moderate in comparison to some of us, you know... Could mm. have been could be a name that he could have picked out again didn't do that didn't do it at all um, mm. and so. But here's the other things he wants these communists to believe So he refutes conspiracy theories Acknowledges that globalisation Has brought some benefits And does not think Tories are driven by malice I'm sorry but if you're an actual communist The Marxist you know, thinker <laughs> Like is, I don't think you're going to be able to tick all of those boxes Somehow
1: <laughs> like... Well he gets super mad in, like, in terms of how the left demonized Tories He's like uh, He gets fucking furious at Charlie Brooker Who, um, By the way that talking... quote rocks the quote he, yeah, in 2007. I wish Charlie Brooker was still that good. Uh, that was like back at back when he was the man, you know, rather than just melt, who's like, Oh, Corbyn sat down on a train. <laughs> um, <laughs> and by the way, iPhones, what are they like? Uh, <laughs> uh, but but like. Yeah, <laughs> he gets super mad, uh, and then, like, uh, because at uh, the idea that people like the vile Charlie Brooker, uh, maybe we should read the quote in a second, but the people like Charlie Brooker are vilifying Tories. Then, a second later, he's just kind of like saying, um, you know, uh, people on the left, they feel that, if, uh, you know, it, it, I think he's saying that if they feel that what they're doing, uh, counters capitalism or imperialism. Essentially, they could turn blind eye to bad things, but uh, like think he's talking about jihadist terrorism knowing the perpetrators were ultimately the good guys and then here he says indeed corbyn's lifelong adherence to this no enemies on the left mantra has got him into all sorts of trouble when it comes to his past associations it's like your whole fucking premise is that people on the left are making villains of other people on the left and that's what's splitting the left but clearly the left is in your view is something that encompasses you Somebody with very few discernible left wing views, but does not encompass anybody on the radical left. And just ultimately that the way that he talks about Corbyn and just these little asides about Corbyn's attitude to Ireland or to Palestine does not feel pluralistic. It feels like he considers there to be a a limit to who can be allowed within a legitimate debate.
0: Yeah, actually, I've just got to that quote where he's like, I'm, ma- I'm mad at the commentators and activists and outriders and all that stuff. And my note here was actually, <laughs> so basically you don't mean them all, but just the popular image of all of them that exists in the minds of most people. So basically mm. all of them, like, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a bad, it's, you know, it's, uh, yes, I don't mean all of them. I just mean how people think of all of them, which is materially different, as we know.
1: yeah when i'm just the the terrible like citations that he keeps doing just crop up again and again like he cites things can only get better by john (laughs) o'farrell which i've like i've aired out on so many live streams i don't even need to say why i hate it anymore but just like worst fucking book ever and then the next page he's just like let's take as a case study left populist writer owen jones and i'm like oh let's yeah, go off on your fucking protracted rant about Owen. But it's not even like the, oh, I used to like Owen Jones, but then he went all nasty and sectarian in 2017, or whatever that you hear from Melts. It's like, um, it, it, it's more this kind of like, uh oh, when Owen Jones published his well-liked books, Chabs and the Establishment, he criticised New Labour in them too much and just got, and I was super butthurt about that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, hold on, let me get to that bit, actually, because I can... uh, Yeah, because my note here was, like, why didn't he say anything positive about, uh, you know, uh, the new Labour government? I'm like, well, if it's a critique, he doesn't have to say anything positive. (laughs) Yeah, because he
1: doesn't like it, mate. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) it was shit. (laughs) Mate, it was shit. Like, I grew up under that government. I can tell you, it was pretty shit. Like... (laughs) but like but the thing like the thing is he's he seems to be demanding that owen jones who we've we've we reviewed his book on here together in fact um yeah
1: and you were more critical (laughs) uh, yeah well
0: let's not let's not say who betrayed who with a rating system but like um (laughs) but but you know so our views on him are well known and it's not uncritical uncritically favorable but like it's not on Owen Jones to be, you know, to to put praise onto a thing he's critiquing. When you're writing a critique that refuses to praise anything to do with yeah. the thing you're critiquing, yeah, <laughs> like... yeah.
1: Well, how about just a little word about Jeremy Corbyn's good intentions, then? If we if we need to be looking at everyone in good faith, uh, but it. no, there's not. There's a matter of fact uh, reference to Corbyn's anti-Semitism that is not elaborated on in the slightest, uh, which was the Thing at which point I started saying things to Sinan that I cannot repeat on this show. Um, yes,
0: but I did appreciate but... that someone else was as angry as me. It did make me feel much better knowing that you uh, were suffering yeah, as yeah. well. Um, um, if that... I, I... Oh, sorry. No. I'll go... Oh, yeah. I was just going to say I powered through the rules chapter because I don't, I don't, I don't want to disparage any political scientists because I know many political scientists, but I'm not doing rules. I refuse to do uh, rules on this stream. I will never I do didn't... it.
1: I didn't feel qualified to uh sink my teeth so much into the rules stuff but when he starts misquoting the Beatles oh, you can bet that I was you know right on guard at that point. Um w- were we going to talk about the OJ bit the bit for bit where he's like uh, let's take us a case study left populist writer Owen Jones. Yeah, um, let's do that. I'm
0: trying to trying to get to that bit now. <laughs> um, because
1: um at, at page 44 I believe. Uh-huh. He um He says New Labour, uh, he quotes uh, Owen Jones saying that New Labour was on a collision course with the party's traditional values populated by those who believed in little, except, in some cases, money. And at this point, I thought, what has Charles Clarke done in the private sector since leaving (laughs) office? Um, So I got out from my bookshelf uh, Tariq Ali's book, The Extreme Centre, which is a good old, very... Polemical piece of work that Tariq Ali, who I imagine Chris Clark fucking hates, put out a few years ago. Uh, there's a this is actually the second edition because he updated it to include stuff like the 2017 election and the election of Macron. Um, but uh, there is a chapter in here that is essentially a long list of the ways that former Blair cabinet ministers profited from uh privatized industries after leaving off leaving office often in the very industries that they had participated in the privatization of um as the secretary for that area you know so for instance charles clark chris clark's dad was education secretary from 2002 to 2004 and home secretary from 2004 to six now, Charles Clark was appointed in 2006 as a non-executive director of the LJ Group, which supplies teaching materials and equipments to schools and training services. You know, education, uh, you know he's education secretary, and then he's making money off school equipment, um, including through the government's Building Schools for the Future program. So there you go. The contracts literally going to the company that Charles Clark had worked for, the private contracts.
0: Um, Curious. I did not. I did not know that this would be the case. How strange! Clark,
1: Clark had initiated the Building Schools for the Future program as Education and Skills Secretary in February two uh, thousand and four. Clark is now a consultant, which sort of means a lobbyist, basically, on public sector reform, aka privatizing the public sector, to KPMG. You know, one of the big accounting firms who uh, do a lot of shit like tax evasion and so on. Avoidance. Sorry. Sorry. Let's not impugn their uh, the legal uh, (laughs) basis of the manner in which they avoid paying their taxes. Um, For whom he wrote a booklet promoting the use of co-payments, service user contributions to the NHS and other public services. (laughs) He wants you to pay for the NHS. He also advises Charles Street Securities, investment bankers slash private equity fund managers. In addition, (laughs) Charles (laughs) Clark is a consultant to Beechcroft LLP, a legal firm that specializes in advising PFI slash PPP deals. How much in total? Tarakali Ali asks. We don't know. Oh well. Uh, and this this chapter also features David Blunkett, Alan Milburn, Tony Blair himself and various others and it's called The Trough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like I like your title. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I did thankfully highlight Owen Jones specifically with the note Owen Jones because of course I knew that this guy was going to talk about Owen Jones. <laughs> because you, you, for for some reason he is the totem through which all discourse about the left has to go through, and I, and you know, today he was trending. Today he was trending. Today, was what, yeah. Oh, it's
1: because Andrew Neil's angry at him, isn't yes, he? Yes, and for saying that the Spectator a fascist or something,
0: and Andrew Neil's like that he platformed fascists, which, by the way. Like, <laughs> if he's going to sue Owen Jones for that, I'd like to see what he's going to sue him for, to be honest. There
1: is nothing fascist
0: about praising the Vermack. Famously. Um, <laughs> so, um... <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 again, uh, and Owen Jones was like, "Yes, you should do the video about agrocentrism, and the script is being written." Everyone, so I'm going to be contacting mm. Jack's uh, colleague from his podcast who has all the receipts on everyone. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We should have
1: got Garion on this, by the way. We should have made him read this load of fucking shit. Uh,
0: next time, next time we're going to get on, Yeah, next time we, next time we have a bad book that me and Jack have to read, we're going to get Garion on. Um, <laughs> 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 but yeah, um, but yeah. Oh, so that-
1: The fight between Jews and Muslims, if you can see
0: it. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I need to power power forward to get to that bit. Um, Because I need to go through my notes here because I probably wrote something. Oh, yeah, there was a bit that... Um... Yeah, there was a bit that I highlighted, just, I think, that came before... Actually, it's just before that bit. So, parts of the left will, for example, need little encouragement to side against the police or with the teaching profession, even without knowing the substance of the debate. I'm sorry, (laughs) but police are not workers, and um cab is the official ideology one of the official ideologies of this stream we have like 18 official ideologies now we're like a broad front communist party these days and these
1: unions are like the most reactionary fucking unions out there (laughs) like especially in america but i'm sure they're not so great over here as well um i'd also just
0: say like if you want to learn more about why police abolition is good actually you should check out friend of the stream John Duncan's YouTube where he does a great video about it and I But um,
1: yeah his big example of like oh this conflict between uh, but what if supporting unions is not actually the left wing thing to do uh, he's like the uh, when the RMT went on strike uh, I was very much saying we should scab on them and uh, yeah, by the he's, way he's scab- fixed on the, the RMT
0: <laughs> he's fixated on the RMT because the Yay. RMT. And so like one of my notes about the RMT thing is maybe the RMT were an incredibly effective union that represented their workers well and other unions should try to do that. Maybe. Yeah, 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 he's like, like "Oh, but, but,
1: but you know the, the, these rail workers have good working conditions." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that's the idea of trade unions." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, they, the union should just stop fighting for their working conditions, uh, and maybe they'll just stay as brilliant as they are now, forever, rather than just go in the other direction like, like the rest of the
0: trade I, unions. I, again, not understanding the point of trade unions, apparently. And like, yeah, like re- the train workers have good working conditions, had high pay compared to other people in similar industries, right? Because they had a good trade union that actually... Did their job properly. God, Uh, like, it's hard to, it's hard for me to express just how ridiculous it is to be like, what if the RMT were right wing? Well, they're not. I'm sorry they're not, and they do their job effectively. It's
1: all just the classic like, lame fucking pedantic debate nerd centrist gotchas, just like, oh but the RMT going on strike is actually reactionary, yeah the police should have broken the strike with fucking truncheons and rubber bullets, that's left wing So, Uh, do you want to
0: hear the specific reason he thought it was, um, he thought it was reactionary for the train workers the RMT to go on strike, which was that it pitted the public sector They were the public sector RMT workers against the public. And I'm like, so basically inconveniencing the public is reactionary, which puts pretty much every single strike action in the history of the world that's remotely been effective out. You cannot do it or you're a reactionary.
1: Yeah, I I tie his attitude to the RMT strikes to his attitude to tuition fees, which, I mean, he again, he doesn't see a universalist case for them. He's very much just like tuition fees, good tuition fees, redistributive. Uh, Even though they're it's not, actually, I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually more left-wing for supporting the marketization of mar- uh, of education than you are.
0: And again, I I he obviously no no one who ever advances uh, uh, opposes universalism of higher in you know, tuition fees, abolition of tuition fees, ever thinks maybe they could make, maybe by offering this framing to the right, they can make the arguments about things like the NHS, which it would not take a political genius to frame as a middle-class subsidy in the same mm. way, it wouldn't yeah, yeah. take a political genius to work out how to do that, and again, not, I, you know, <laughs> well, you know
1: his, his dad supports charging people for NHS and other public yeah, services. Yeah, so maybe so he's I'm good sure with he it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he doesn't seem to have exactly rebelled against his fucking dad's politics. I mean, Tony Blair is cited as, like, uh, you know, a primary source on practically every other page. He approvingly quotes just, like, the most discredited ghouls of the Iraq war era. Yes, yeah, so there's, there's
0: actually a quote a bit later on where he's like, actually, the leftist... Pot- the left populist version of class conflict is less and less relevant. And I'm like, actually, the only people I've seen mention class in the appropriate modern context is the left, left populist, as he'd describe it, which would be, you know, people like us. Because it's yeah. not the populist left calling office workers who earn £20,000 a year, middle class, because they drank a coffee once. It's oh, not yeah, us some, doing there's that. Like, literally, like, there's,
1: men- there's, like, mentions of quinoa and, like, croissants. croissants. Yeah, yeah like, and uh, avocado toast and shit in here. I'm just like, just, grow the fuck up, you trivial cunts. I'm
0: just, just, just like... He's like, actually, my view of class is supremely nuanced. That's why I think office workers in London who can't pay their rent are actually middle class. It's no, like they're fucking not. Like, it's want- like... He-
1: it uh he piss uh, he's like it pisses me off so much to see these middle class corbinites saying they know what is best for the middle class, although I admit I am middle class myself and I happen to know what is best for the working class, you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's like he fully admits like he comes from just an extraordinarily privileged background himself yeah um,
0: but... like I, I you know do, might I, I think... have an idea of what working class people need as the humble twitch streamer perhaps. Um, <laughs> There's
1: some pretty wacky stuff in chapter six, which is like. Oh, um, yeah, let, me, uh, let he, me get there. Loads of like insane hypotheticals and stuff. Like a jihadist suicide bomber who'd killed 10 people in an attack on Wall Street and then. Oh. Uh, if we yeah, saw that, is. and then and then we saw on the adjacent page a story about a white supremacist who'd killed ten people in an African American church. The idea being like, oh, we'd all be like, Jesus Christ, a white supremacist murdered a bunch of pe- people in an African American church. That's terrible. But we'd all be like, ah, oh, jihadists killed 10 people in an attack on wall street great uh and it's like i mean i do think one of those is worse i don't think either of them is good (laughs) to clarify i don't i don't support both kind (laughs) of violent means but i do think the racist one is like overall more malign i don't (laughs) i guess that's that's me exactly priority prioritizing what he's saying but um then then he, he 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 brings out a couple of even more wacky insane ideas so here he's listing like how people don't fit into these categories that mm-hmm. the left um the, state you know the in the, group, the categories the are group. the
0: white knights and the dark knights right that's you know yeah. where he's like the good people and the bad people it's just but he's set- grossly oversimplified already very simple um, Mate,
1: he he sounds proper incelish when he's like part of the female in group against the oppressive male out group. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, which um, which by the way does le- does you know explain some of the transphobia in square scare quotes scare quotes moments there um, mm. a little bit maybe, but there's, uh, there's also just the the thing is there's this weird every time he mentions Jewish people or Judaism. Or the Jewish community, it just has this weird tone that is. I'll read the thing I've highlighted, just just because it's deeply strange. So understand that White Knight and Dark Knight is good people and bad people, right? We have already su- we have suggest. So he's talking about left wing anti semitism here. We have suggested already that this stems from the fact that Judaism, Judaism itself, the religion, disrupts the White Knight Dark Knight binaries with which left populists are most comfortable, the Jewish community defies the rule that a persecuted minority must also be economically deprived or a victim of imperialism. Again, um, this sounds, I don't want to say it is, it sounds like conflation of Jewish people in the UK and Israel to me, a little bit, is the implied thing there. It is incredibly mm. bizarre. It's bizarrely phrased, so I couldn't quite, I can nail it down in that way, but it it's very bizarrely phrased, and every reference to Judaism, to Jewish people, to the Jewish community in the UK takes this tone because he yeah, seems to specifically really use got. them. He seems to specifically use them as the totem to to disprove the Dark Knight White Knight binary constantly.
1: Well, I mentioned that he mentions very flippantly Corbyn's anti-Semitism early on, and then he doesn't provide any examples of it beyond calling Hamas his friends, which I would a hundred percent justify. Um, as just diplomatic language, um, but uh, he he basically um, you know he, I, I kept kind of expecting the big chapter. Where he really goes in on anti-Semitism, yeah, never came, never, never once came. I guess he didn't want to make it a laundry list of like all the bad things that had happened the Corbyn or whatever, just listing. Oh, this person said this, he, and that. he
0: saved it at the end for quite a bit of it. But
1: um, yeah, but I mean, but the, the book is very uh, light on anti-Semitism stuff, and all it really has is this kind of uh, thing of like, oh, the leftists see Jews as powerful, uh, see them as being the oppressor
0: it sounds like projection from him again this links back to how he says like how he effectively says all of the Israelis are Jewish and all of the Palestinians are Muslim like you know which is not the case as we've said like earlier and there's this quote as well There, there's there's so many quotes in this like you say it's light on it but the quotes that he times he goes into it are really sticking out in my mind so this mm. quote i've highlighted of course the left populist who says that an israeli jew is bad full stop is rare okay but what a few might say <laughs> well, yeah. is that israeli jews are less likely to be decent people than palestinian muslims um I don't know that that's true, and that sounds like a weird projection thing from him. I don't. I don't
1: know. I don't think people would put it in those terms at all. Th- they uh, you they might would... say, but it, like... its what they feel. But um, I yeah, I don't think people see it as that. You know, I think people see um. Well, I think people quite he rejects this kind of uh, the neo-colonial analysis of Israel and Palestine, but that's how people on the left see it. It's not about personal decency it's not that people born as israeli jews uh, have something missing in their soul it's the the political culture of the country
0: also there is this other quote so where he's trying to say we should we should never we should never do collective guilt under any circumstances which fine but he says but surely it is better to still avoid collective guilt wherever we see it to object to the term toff as well as the term chav and I'm like, you engage in collective guilt in this book. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You literally engage in collective guilt.
1: Like, <laughs> what I was saying uh, just a minute ago about when he's, he's uh, like, he gets into the hypothetical about the jihadists versus the white supremacists, but he gets into a, more hypotheticals when he's just naming people who don't fit into like the left, uh, you know, as we were saying, the left's. What he sees is the left's conception of uh, the in-group and the out-group, the white knight and the dark knight. Uh, and he's just, he is just reeling off these things like uh, a Tory who is gay, <laughs> a black person who is rich. He actually <laughs> <And> specifically then... <laughs> talks about then...
0: minority Tories and yeah, how, yeah, yeah. how horribly they were treated because and the then... concept of political blackness is a thing uh, uh, well, not
1: really anymore I mean it's not really used by many uh younger ethnic minority people, is it
0: no uh, not really but but like he he seems to think it's like deployed against you know like the, the Tories minority yeah yeah benches. no
1: he, he does mention it you're right yeah, yeah. um but I was just going to say but the examples the really far out examples that he serves he he's like the Polish waitress saving to go to ascot (laughs) such like a a fucking fantasy can i I put it uh, out there that i'm from near
0: ascot and i would never want to go like under any circumstances and then he follows that with the express reading immigrant
1: so he's just like uh for two successive examples he's just like uh uh foreign (laughs) <laughs> yeah, know, like... he just runs out of ideas of like what marks these people out. Foreign like, people
0: who read right-wing newspapers. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you imagine people
1: with reactionary in- instincts? It's like, oh, really? What you mean, people? You mean other countries have right wings? What? What oh, if yes. a Swedish person
0: were bald? <laughs> um...
1: <laughs> <laughs> They'd be very cold.
0: Yeah. Well. <laughs> also, uh, distinguish this. He didn't get upset about calling people bald. He does get no. upset about a term we do use, though. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think he went. Uh, I think he went to press too early. If yeah. this book had come out just a few months later, I think bald would have been in there.
0: Political baldness would have made its literary debut. But I- I'll yeah. tell. I'll tell everyone what he got. Ma- he got mad about. He he got mad about left Populist, us calling like what he described as like white lower middle class people middle aged as gammon. And I'm like, yeah. It, he we we had he basically came out with gammon as a slur in this book. Yeah. like uh, is. They're, n-
1: they're not fucking white anyway. They're purple.
0: Yeah, like they look like Mike Gapes <laughs> at the peak of the speech, the famous yeah, speech. Ex-
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, they're POC gammon. <laughs> purple of color, <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> I was just um. You highlighted this quote on Twitter, I think, still on that last chat. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, go many, many would give the benefit of the doubt to someone caught looting or setting fires in the London riots much more easily than to someone who went on an EDL march, despite a clear correlation with deprivation in both cases.
0: Yeah, it, oh, I'll try and find that... Um... Try and find that quote on my end, but yeah, it, it was. It was it, that that is incredibly telling for a lot of reasons. One, kind of drips a little bit of the old racism, I think, in that case, especially because he reached for the EDL as his example. Yeah. Also, I I don't know that there have been any studies into the class composition of the people who go on EDL matches. Though I did have someone helpfully reply to me today on Twitter saying, "Yeah, I've been close to." These people—they are generally—they—they they might be semi-literate Tory voters, but they're also all small business owners. So I'm sure a lot of them are, yeah. Um... I, I think I think it would be a lot like the people who stormed the Capitol. Where once we actually looked into it, it will turn out a lot of them. Just who can afford to take a day off to go be a dickhead on the street? You know, <laughs> like
1: I—I I, I think that that an issue is really that, um, you know. Sorry, but completely lost my train of thought there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I mean would would he feel comfortable saying um, the things that he says about the London riots of 2011 about the Brixton riots of uh, 81 or other kind of uh, largely what is it, the Battle of Lewisham, that's another one mm-hmm. and of, other kind of like black uh, led uh, acts of civil unrest in Britain um, that did uh, erupt into violence rather than just being like peaceful demonstrations um i think we now we look back on the the young deprived mostly black men rioting in brixton in the 80s as on the right side of history um those of us of a, a more left-wing or liberal bent and yeah. um well you know and, yeah. and, and thatcher yeah uh, you know, and thatcher is not being uh, right but when you believe but the blair government sorted out racism (laughs) then uh people rioting in 2011 only a year after gordon brown left office um you know it does seem a bit unreasonable to you and i think that's where why chris sees it so differently i don't think he would be as dismissive of the brixton riots
0: yeah in fact if all right so there is a bit where he talks about um ideas around immigration and he says that left populists are guilty of accusing you know people of being brainwashed by the tories into hating immigrants and the problem the problem i have with this is one it's a straw man i don't think anyone has ever said the tories are specifically hypnotizing people (laughs) in essex into hating the french i don't think that's what's happening but also do these attitudes get formed in a vacuum. Because he seems to veer wildly, and this happens throughout the book, he veers wildly between these attitudes are inherent to people. It's completely normal mm. for people to have these attitudes, which I think is him trying to justify to himself why he feels uncomfortable hearing people speak Polish in public. But... <laughs> um But... <laughs> He he. But also, he then goes on to say, "People are the products of their environment. How could you expect anything different?" And I'm like, "Which is it? Do these things yeah. exist?" By the way, he does basically. Does he do the centrist thing that racism is gene- genetic? He does say that, like, a, the gammon as a slur means that it opens the door to the right to be eugenicist. He thinks like th- that is genuinely the quote. Hold on, let, I think it's the gammon as a slur bit. But let me find that real quick because <laughs> it was absolutely wild. Bro, that's 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 mental. Yeah, like there is like a thing like where he's like, <laughs> yes, actually, uh, the left should be careful what they wish for because they shouldn't, um, they shouldn't call people gammon because it will. Here, okay, okay, yeah, middle class baby boomers, and yeah, um. Yeah, he oh, says they should be lashing out. I should have highlighted the specific bit, but it was absolutely wild, some of the claims in here. I don't think it was that. I don't think he specifically said it eugen- opens it to eugenicist argument, but he says, like, attacking people on these grounds opens the door to eugenicist arguments from the right. And I'm like, this is, wow. you know.
1: okay.
0: And I mean, the right absolutely will be eugenicist the first chance it gets. I don't think they're, they're like, they don't need our permission to do that. And there's always the bit where he talks about, uh, there's a bit where he talks about, let's create two imaginary people from two completely, you know, stereotypical backgrounds. And can we make moral judgments about one who votes Tory and one who votes Labour? I'm like, yes, the one who votes Tory is bad. Like, that's not (laughs) not a controversial position. The one who votes to immiserate people, because we know what the outcome of the policies are is bad like it's not he seems to think that like no but everyone has good intentions so why why can how can you blame them apart from a hard left yeah apart from me i have bad intentions <laughs> the, the hard left
1: just want to uh, talk to hamas to upset jewish people I, I, something I,
0: not about peace there's a bit where he keeps going on about um oh yeah there was the woman on question time who cried because she voted Tory and her benefits got cut and the left would mock <laughs> her here's the thing about that woman she became a high profile <laughs> momentum activist <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She <laughs> like, became a
1: counsellor under Corbyn.
0: Yeah, she was like, well-
1: welcomed with open arms. And she's
0: good, actually. You know, <laughs> maybe not exactly of our particular populist left bent, but hey, you know, progress. <laughs>
1: well, she did jo- she didn't join this cunt's wing of the party. That's well yeah, sure. That's yeah, <laughs> that's it. Maybe they should have been
0: more welcoming. Who can say? Yeah, I <laughs> guess that what
1: they weren't uh what's the fucking word I keep forgetting that they used to describe them that's not pluralist. pluralist. Guess
0: that guess you should have been more pluralist, mate. That's right. And uh, yeah, and I kept I, she he mentions her a couple of times and declines to explain that she became a Labour councillor and was a momentum activist. So who, by the way, fucking is dishonest. I know and because I knew exactly who he meant, because it wasn't like there were many women who went on question time and said, I voted for the Tories and had my benefits cut in this outpouring of grief because she genuinely didn't think it would happen to her. Yeah. And like and I felt really bad in fact I didn't think she got what she had coming to her. I felt really bad because I'm like, Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. I'm so sorry that you did that. But you know <laughs> But there there is this whole thing where he says he keeps sort of pushing this idea that you can't blame people for the outcomes of their votes. And I'm like, well, yeah, you can, because the outcomes are moral. The outcome that produces starving children is less moral than the outcome that doesn't. There is a difference between good things and bad things, and you can hold people responsible for that. Proportionately responsible. It's not random, you know, yesterday we had a whole discourse that I tried to swerve, but it's not random, medium-profile people's fault that bad things happen but you know um but when
1: you put them all together well
0: yeah then in it's...
1: bad institutions with
0: bad ideologies again fucking it's fucking hell again it's all structures right and this is the thing he says we don't do and we're doing it right now um, yeah. like <laughs> well it's amazing that we're disproving his core thesis as we're no, reviewing I guess his we're book just
1: the regressive left as <laughs> oh, he yeah. and everybody on the alt right would say
0: yeah he he talks about like there's great quotes here. It was like, for instance, one commentator argued in 2013 that the Tories were genuinely evil. I'm like, damn, that commentator sounds great.
1: Who was it?
0: Oh, it was one of the one of his nuts. Oh, it was
1: Sonny Hundal. Yeah. It was fucking <laughs> I've smoked a split with Sonny Hundal. Uh, don't do me Sonny, but, but that did happen, genuinely. Uh, I don't <laughs> think he, he didn't know it was me. I was just trying to move the conversation on because I'd uh, said mean things to him on Twitter in the past. Yeah, uh, just yeah, um... it is a
0: bit awkward when you do encounter people that you may have dunked on quite horribly. Not that that's why to me. You know, I i do not I d I
1: don't I don't associate with uh the media types luckily most of the time so yeah i try try not to let that happen um but uh what we get so he can't i'm i'm, all, I'm on looking at chapter 7 now i think but like he literally cannot fucking keep a, con- uh, uh, a coherent argument so on page 86 he claims that compared to the melt left that he's part of the benite <laughs> left are less internationalist which means that they uh, don't want to bomb as many uh, countries around the world and that they don't love the EU as much. Yeah,
0: he actually specifically talks about Hillary Benn's speech, which I will always point out was a historical and grotesquely offensive, actually.
1: It was an obscene speech, yeah. But then, after saying that about, about the tradition of which Corbyn is a part, on page 86, on page 89... He says that Corbyn, by contrast, saw intervention as incompat- incompatible with internationalist values. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was like, hang on, I thought the Benite left weren't interna- internationalists.
0: Um, then I believe... Um, there's there's yeah. also, This is the bit where he talks about the 2015 leadership election and very bizarrely frames Liz Kendall as the primary opponent to Jeremy Corbyn, which yeah, well, I don't know odd. if you guys remember the results of that. The leadership election, but Liz Kendall came last with four point five percent. I always and you know, and he keep he keeps he talks about like, oh, they were so mean to Liz Kendall, they were so mean to her. And they're like oh people. yeah, it's and like, they're so like
1: so on Twitter was yeah. like she's a Tory.
0: And they're like, She's a Tory and I'm like, Well, if she didn't support the flagship Tory economic policy, she would not be called a Tory. She's but, like but you know- <laughs> It's just like who said that? Did anyone, did Owen Jones say
1: that? Did Jeremy Corbyn say that? Did anyone in the actual media say that? No, just random nobodies on Twitter who you were getting angry at said it. Yeah. And this is like so much of the, these people had the entire media like amplifying their points, but just the fact that like ordinary people dissented from it would uh, always be a huge source d- of frustration d- for them, which is what they say about the left, really. But what, you know, Alan Johnson, what people like John Landsman have never been able to forgive is that we're working class fucking hate them like you know and, um, well,
0: that that also has really bad shades if he said that to john landsman to be honest um
1: oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
0: um so there is he an interesting quote here um was kendall placing too much faith in a mode of liberal interventionism debunked by iraq was corbyn seeing things through an anti-imperialist prism that which became a pr- irrelevant decades ago i got um got news for you or spoilers Liz Kendall was wrong and uh, I'll plug another stream John Duncan and myself did a stream dunking on the open labor pamphlet which basically said Duncan we should Dunking do... on yeah I, it's it's very his name's very pleasing in that way but um, <laughs> but yeah um we, we dunked on the Open Labour like foreign intervention pamphlet which demanded that we be oh. in the forever war. I didn't bring you on for that one, Jack, because I wanted to have some mercy and bring you on for the big one, really. Oh man, um, a,
1: a purely foreign policy one, I would have been like, that, that. I would have. there would have been more bodies than at the end of the Blairite <laughs> military intervention, if, if you let me on their foreign we, policy
0: leaflet. The bodies would have hit the floor, as some would yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah there's a whole section where he's just a dull bore about the nature (laughs) of arguments and i'm like yeah i mean people are mean to you online i get it but like there's a whole thing where he sort of chastises people who believe in unilateral disarmament and he talks about how like the corbinites or corbin himself would get really mad if someone tried to defend multilateral disarmament and i'm like it wasn't us in the Question Time audience screaming at Jeremy Corbyn, demanding he press the button. That's literally no, that not like, what happened. <laughs> like... It's like 20 people who were like, we know fucking war. And
1: then this one woman who was Bless like, her, actually, by the way. war is bad. And clearly, like half the crowd at least agreed with her. Yeah. So that and... was not, but the guys yelling about war were not representative there. Like, uh, that was clearly, you know. I just can't imagine, like, sympathising with those people. But he says that um, the debate over nuclear weapons is constantly closed down by unilateralists like Corbyn, who invest unilateralism itself with morality. Um, And I just think it closed down uh, only in the sense that Corbyn adopted the policy of multilateral uh, disarmament as leader um, and barely mentioned unilateralism for five years. Um, But, of course, you know, Corbyn according to Chris, has got to make the grown-up compromises of politics, but when he does, Chris is very angry.
0: Oh yeah, this is also the part where he quotes a uh, Majid Nawaz. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big yeah, yeah, moments, Trump everyone. Reporter. And uh, describes us as the regressive left, and stop the yeah, war exactly. is bad, because such, they want to stop the wars. Yeah, a fast wars. trope.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so mad. Yes, it is timely that he's mentioned in this book, though I will not comment further. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh
1: and th- and just after Majid Nawaz is cited he then slags off the universal free broadband policy which of course has uh, proven to be such a terrible idea with time
0: yes of course famously whenever the stream drops we all say if only we had nationalized broadband would, <laughs> you know um, owned by the tides of time uh, also Darrow Mero, uh yeah I can't put my leg behind my head I'd be I'd be lucky if I could get up from the couch in one go uh, these days i think um such as the damage that lockdown is like so, yeah this is the bit where he talks about john mcdonald calling churchill as a villain yeah like yeah like i'm sorry it's it's true um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i can't find
1: uh the bit where he mentions uh fucking churchill's uh white supremacist views but you know the churchill quotes are out there for whoever wants to find them
0: yeah, we got we got number we got chapter eight now after that, which is what is the puppet master. Which... Yeah,
1: oh sorry, I missed this out in one of the earlier earlier yeah. chapters. But just just like imagine I'm gonna stroke my chin when I say this, but um From a Rawlsian perspective, there could come a point where siding against trade
0: unions becomes progressive. Like, no, even <laughs> under the Rawlsian... and by the way, that maybe that means the Rawlsian like, structure and analysis is bad. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. bad. Because, like, he touts the... Uh, I'm going to go into the rule stuff a tiny little bit, just because I have a tiny little bit of knowledge about it. He t- he cites the veil of ignorance, and he's like, this is actually good. This is a way you could construct a fair society. And I'm like, yes, but, <laughs> like, even if... <laughs> but you can't actually do... it. There's a reason it's a thought experiment and not an actual experiment that we do to decide policy. <laughs> like... Is chapter eight just the picture of Seamus Milne? We wish. What yeah. is the puppet master, yeah. Yeah. Um But he but gets to... he gets mad at Richard Bergen who, you know, labor wants to reach the ninety-nine percent. He cites that as tropes essentially, and I'm like, it's not Terrible. fucking tropes. If you believe that's tropes, that sounds like a you problem, not a Richard Bergen problem. <laughs> Like... yeah what an, a- an anti-semitic trope i mean
1: so he lists a few uh aspects of a totalitarian state as if like you know with the implication imagine thinking that any of this is happening in britain right now all right but let's just um let's just reel them off political coercion mm. cultural hegemony mm. social cleansing state-sponsored terrorism well, we know that the UK is a benevolent actor around the world, as with all Western countries comprised mostly of white people. Of course. And um, predecided outcomes. Oppression by a deep state, in scare quotes, because there is no deep state. And there was
0: certainly not a deep bureaucracy of one of the main parties in a country that brings calls into question how democratic that country is. It's never happened.
1: Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. The, <laughs> the, the engineering of assent, the managing of opinion... Which, um, mm. I know, seems pretty familiar to me. The rigging of the system, Control by the 1%, right? I so mean... these are all absurd. The <laughs> construction of an acceptable mainstream. Now that completely uh, flies against but, everything. This is kind of the pro-
0: him warming up because he goes in on Chomsky later. Like, this is oh, his yeah. limbering up to go in on oh, Chomsky. Man. Which, he by the way... So- He's out of his He's, depth.
1: He's out he of his is depth. He's so fucking petty about Chomsky. He's like the, uh, the 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 academic, the the anarcho-syndicalist with a campus following. I'm like a campus following. This is like one of the most renowned intellectuals in the world. Whether whether you like him or not, Chomsky towers, you know. Yeah. Um but like um yeah, and then he concludes uh, after the construction of an acceptable mainstream, the edges of which are patrolled by a police state, and I'm not saying all of those things are fully in evidence in Britain, but there is an element at least of everyone
0: yeah, because he keeps he keeps desperately trying to say like the u k is a democracy, it's a functional, fair, liberal democracy. The Tories win fair and square every time, and labor when they win, they win fair and square. Oh dear. The 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 Discord thing has happened again. Damn it! I've tried to say it a bunch of times. Yeah. No, okay. You got it out live though. Um, <laughs> thanks, Jack, for that. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate having you on, really, because it, it always goes so well. Um, Chomsky just just happened. Yeah. He literally invented the scientific discipline. Chomsky rules. I I don't agree with everything <laughs> Chomsky says all of the time, but yes, like don't. I feel like this guy is uniquely ill-equipped to come at Chomsky given what we've read so far. He, well, he he lays into
1: him this chapter, like the, um, uh, you know, how, according, if you believe what the populist left believe about the puppet master, nine 11 could only be understood as the work of George Bush. And I'm like, by whom?
0: Yeah, like, like who? Literally is, who?
1: Is that, is that a mainstream position on like on the UK? What he describes as the far left by the way is the left of the Labour Party which is yeah. not the far left by any uh, any conceivable definition. There will always be somebody who's significantly to the left of Jeremy Corbyn. I mean... Um, oh, yeah, it's but...
0: open Labour, right? That's who's to the left of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... It's
1: them with their critiques of Labour from it. You know, the Corbynism without Corbyn. What a great idea that yeah, was. Yeah, uh, that's
0: working out well right now we're 20 points ahead did you um yeah, i like yeah, say yeah. We, i'm not a member but um. yeah exactly <laughs>
1: those cunts i mean i'm yeah i'm not we uh, oh sorry i oh, said it again
0: are you, are you not are you not a member of labor hold on Is it...
1: no i actually i um no i actually still am i meant to leave but i forgot <laughs> <laughs> So gonna, if I, just quickly if get, cancel if, that right now. Let's <laughs> see if calling the party those cunts might get you kicked out, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of great friends in the Labour Party.
0: So yes, I think so they, do I. There's, and
1: there's I, a lot of wonderful people in the party.
0: And I, uh, yeah, and I, and I have a lot of respect for those people who are sticking well, out. It's just including not including me. Labour
1: member Jeremy Corbyn.
0: Uh, yes, uh, and court case pending on some aspects of his membership. I hear. Um, yeah.
1: Um, he, He also says there have, of course, he concedes that there have been occasions when elites, in quotation marks, genuinely have seized full control, spying on and brainwashing with people, passing whatever policies they pleased, suppressing dissent and controlling information. But I believe the only examples that he supplies of this are Nazi Germany and Stalin's Russia. So there's there's kind of there's no real acknowledgement that these kind of things can happen within the framework of a liberal democracy.
0: Yeah. Um <laughs> I I'm just I was just thinking, um I was looking ahead. There is a chapter where he talks about the press and the mainstream mainstream yeah. media as like a structure and as feral beasts as um as Tony Blair famously I mean, apparently what, famously what... called them but what better
1: approach to take to your chapter on the media than to bake it a bunch of fake news (laughs) yeah
0: yeah he talks about how basically the populist left and the populist right are the same because they blame the establishment media for their for for the failure of their ideas to cut through both feel the press uphold the other side here's the problem with this analysis there are a couple of problems with it one is that one side's I won't say which, one size ideas keep getting adopted into the mainstream because of press pressure, right? We've seen it. How far right have the Tory party moved on several issues since 2005 when they were already quite a right-wing party, right? Look at the trajectory mm. of that, right? Oh, Horseshoe Theory. Don't worry, there's a whole chapter where he draws various horseshoes. Yeah, he does literally
1: mention... I sadly can't them. share
0: the diagrams with you, but my God, it's <laughs> so, so, many diagrams, it's so good. It's yeah. like my thesis, except my thesis was mostly done in paint. if my supervisor is watching this, you can't be mad at me. I passed. Um, (laughs) But yeah, um, there is this whole, so one side's ideas keep getting subsumed into the mainstream because the mainstream moves right. And he says, this is something that the left believed that is wrong, except we have empirical policy evidence of that. And one side is being upheld by a a press that behaves in a particular way within the structures that exist in this country and he kind of he, he specifically later on much later on he talks about like Rupert Murdoch is is the puppet master in the minds of the left and Aww. I'm like but but the fact that it is owned by someone who has a particular set of interests might impact in fact just today wealthy donors have compelled the leader of the scottish labour party such that he the scottish labour party is a thing to resign yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah but that literally is, like, happened today
1: the going in. and <laughs> also that thing that thing about rupert murdoch is just fucking bullshit i don't give a fuck what that little rat hugo rifkin says oh like i'm gonna get it,
0: yes i'm on that quote it right is, now it,
1: just categorically untrue that Murdoch has no involvement in the editorial lines of his papers. It, there is just countless pieces of documentary evidence to prove the numerous times that he has taken an active role in running his media outlets, including, yes, such as stepping in to run Fox News after Roger Ailes' sexual harassment-related firing, but also in the UK papers... You know, especially in the sun, but in the times too. And Hugo Rifkin saying there has never been top-down missives. Top-down missives were non-existent. You know, I don't think that's true. But I... the element of truth to it could be because nobody needs to tell these fuckers what to yes, write. Yes, that's exactly Not all it. All of it is going to have some suitably reactionary bloodthirsty fucking evil little like rant on the front page of the times that murdoch will fully approve of i
0: will lean a little bit on friend of the stream mick wright who has said on many occasions on his stream on this stream in his newsletters that no one needed to tell him to tell him or any of his colleagues what to write when he worked at the telegraph he understood what the telegraph would publish and what they wouldn't publish yeah
1: well let's use the Let's use the Times as an instructive example. Um, I don't think that a single person who works for the Times thanked uh, or or wished well uh, Philip Collins, who is uh, repeatedly cited in this book when he was recently sacked from the Times for somehow not being right wing enough. I mean, a a shock to you or I. (laughs) Yes, um, but it's brilliant. Like, what did he think that they wanted him for his his, his searing wit and insight, rather than just being, oh, this I, is the Labour turncoat guy? I,
0: I will point out that Philip Collins got bodied by me when I was a three hundred follower account on Soroastrianism, <laughs> so he's not very clever. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you know, and he when did he last make a good record as well? Uh, uh, well, different a, different degrees lame, of
0: bad. Philip Collins, lame play. lame
1: joke there. Um, but um, good <laughs> great drama, man you can't deny it but yeah. um but like the fact i, I, I mean just going back to phil, phil collins like um there's you know matt chorley who works for the times yes like familiar with yeah there's there's some reply that he sent to um philip collins on twitter which he may have deleted but he was like i don't appreciate the way that since leaving the times aka getting sacked you've uh, made out that that your former colleagues are good people who your former colleagues are a bunch of like snakes and traitors basically (laughs) but like the fact is that phil collins had good reason to feel betrayed by the people at the time is because the diktat from on high was this guy is your enemy now and by god chorley and the rest of them all fucking stood and can,
0: by it and can i just <laughs> say that this is a case where they were both kind of right where philip collins was like yeah you guys are snakes right but chorley said like you were enthusiastically a part of the snaking like yeah yeah, yeah come yeah, on yeah, exactly. like what are you do-? you know and again this this was a case of let them fight i thought it was incredibly funny to see that happen um <laughs> <laughs> even though i could only see half of it because while phil collins philip collins did get bodied by me he didn't block me like a little baby which is what matt chorley did um so <laughs> matt
1: is, with his funny face um but i i was just gonna say like so there, there's some hysterical bits in here like indeed a majority of all left-wing oh sorry a majority of all journalists consider themselves left-wing rather than right-wing yeah but um, like
0: if they're using In- your definition it's not hard for them to consider themselves that <laughs> yeah
1: exactly i mean like it, this is like the whole point point. Uh, one of the major conceits of this book is like look people should be able to hold any conceivable right-wing view and still identify as being on the left um uh, but but like yeah uh, you, you know you see i was shocked when i found out that like janice turner was, was supposedly a Labour supporting left winger. I you know, because you just see oh this person, they write from the Times, every they write for the Times, all their friends are like establishment Tories and so on. Everything they seem to write is reactionary as fuck. Oh right, so we're apparently supposed to have some regard for these people. Um but the Times wouldn't employ a Labour supporter if their views were representative of people on the left. Yeah you know? of course not. You know, That's it, the only it, reason Phil Collins Got the time of day And then once yeah. there wasn't a, a radical left yeah. For him to yeah oppose Then they had no use for him um, But they, they also quote <laughs> Gabby Hinsley
0: Yeah
1: uh, terrible hack for the observer who um says that newspapers thrive commercially by reflecting not driving readers opinions but
0: then why or does what? the guardian not reflect any of its readers opinions
1: well it's true. the guardian polled their readers in early 2016 and the vast majority of them thought corbin had done a pretty good job so um uh, yeah that's not true in the slightest but uh yeah so chris chris clark yeah no, i always said chris christy i thought you were uh, gonna say chris ed-
0: leslie for a second i was like "Oh, that's <laughs> a name afraid... i've not heard for a while um uh, he says the path
1: of least resistance for the average journalist being to go with the grain of their readership corbyn was a gift no that's just so untrue like they had <laughs> you know um their readership were never like just totally against this guy because like they thought that you know The average, like liberal-leaning observer reader, did not think in 2015 that being anti-war made you anti-Britain. After a sustained campaign, after a sustained propaganda campaign, some people who see themselves as liberal did believe that they had been radicalized, Um, and that's because, like you know, journalists were so affronted by Corbyn that they pumped these reactionary views into, uh, you know, kind of left-ish
0: fear yeah that
1: that did a lot to put people off his leadership it, it, um, it
0: managed to convince people who broadly would have agreed with a corbyn platform to vote against the platform
1: yeah 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 it's just like look look you might agree with it but something about this guy is just not quite right do yeah. you want to be not quite right you want to be one of the normal ones there, don't you
0: there is this whole thing where he explains the slightly improved coverage let's call it in 2017 is no it's not that corbyn completely humiliated the entire commentariat into basically having to admit they were wrong yeah it's just the way. it's just that he showed himself to be in tune with public opinion so they had to bend a little bit and i'm like well yeah. if that was the case when labor were leading at various points in the period between 2017 and 2019 labor held poll leads not 20 yeah. points which keith was still waiting but Mm. why were they not reflecting that in their coverage then? Why was it all universally negative when polling indicated at various points that he was much more in tune with public opinion than the Conservative Party? And
1: after 2017, you know, the media didn't really accept that Corbyn was leader for good now. They said that they did for a few months and then uh, they looked around for something that they could uh, uh, use to say, oh, no, we were right, the left were wrong all along. And firstly, it was... Uh, the fact that they were mean to us for getting it wrong. Well, then just be
0: correct, I would say, honestly.
1: Yeah, then uh, they were like, oh, we should have been really, really pro-EU in the campaign, which, of course, they would successfully create a weird job for the next few years uh then they've tried not as successfully to make um although they certainly brought Chris Clark on board to make uh the anti-privatization campaigns in Haringey uh, a new folk devil for the center and then finally they settled on anti-semitism as this reason why regardless of Corbyn's electoral virtues what have you uh, he lacks moral authority so no they ne- they did not accept corbyn's leadership in 2017 you have to be fucking naive to think you know thinking that the media accepted corbyn's mandate in 2017 is like thinking tom watson I, accepted it i, shut I am for a few
0: i am recalling stephen bush's tweet that he did during this period where he said yeah like 90 percent of the journalists on fleet street don't regard him as legitimate and i'm like doesn't that strike everyone as a bit of a problem like, yeah, no, we, we, were,
1: we were like, oh, this Stephen Bush smart guy recognises this. And then a few months later, like, he's like, yeah, no,
0: I don't either. I'm part of the 90%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, statistically, what did you expect? I mean, I guess yeah, he's kind yeah, of right yeah, on yeah. that front. I guess that's kind of fair enough. I've made this argument for him. Um,
1: uh, like... uh, he, cla- he claims that the Daily Mail uh, is not a relentlessly partisan institution because they were prepared to um, print... Lord Ashcroft's hatchet job biography of David Cameron with the pig fucking stuff and shit. I'm like, they're a right wing paper. Yeah, that's who, why who he were, published it there. Like... They were printing uh, as as stories, but but briefed to them by a right winger who wanted the Tory Party to be more right wing, like they did. <laughs> you know, I, so it's hardly like um, you know. It uh, hardly disproves that there's like right wing interest in the press. And then finally, the final quote I highlighted in this chapter was that um, he stated that chap- commentators who champion a kind of overtly Corbynite politics are not as widely read. And uh, I say, you know, maybe we should take his mate Gabby Hinsliff's reading figures and put them next to Owen Jones's.
0: Yeah, I think so. We'll and test also, that. I will point out that I get at least 4 million impressions every month on Twitter. That's more people than see any Guardian article, I can tell you that. Um
1: going to yeah, flex a little possibly. bit quite possibly <laughs>
0: yeah it's entirely possible that people have seen my crepe tweet more than the um any guardian article of the year um not that i'm relitigating the crepe issue at this time i'm still in consultations with lawyers about some <laughs> certain slander that's been said about me <laughs> regarding this okay we do have a qu- okay we've got a question um Okay, I guess we'll do questions as we go. I, oh, yeah. by the way, Red Tick Seed, any mention of the true Dark Knight slash Puppet Master might gape sadly absent from the narrative? No, I don't think there is any gapes, actually. I wish there was. Yeah. Disappointing. Um, and so, Perditus Anima, from 10 to hoping the, chil- the author's children become anarcho-capitalists, how much did you enjoy the Dark Knight of the Puppet Master? Um... But, I I,
1: ho- I hope that their kids are Blairites as well, so they yeah. realise what fucking insufferable cunts they are. <laughs> yeah,
0: like this is uh, famously Jack and I had a moment with the Owen Jones book <laughs> at the end. This is not going to be like that. I think we're in agreement. This is a terrible, terrible book, and you should never read it. And we took the bullet for you all. And also, someone asked earlier, do you think this has had- this has had many sales among like in Guardian columnists, maybe, and us? Like, yeah, Martin Kettle liked it.
1: I mean, if any of you know who Martin Kettle is, uh, he's the guy from the Observer with a funny name. Yeah. Um, someone <laughs> like, in
0: my someone in my mentions said throw him over a pub, which I thought was pretty funny. Um... <laughs> uh
1: yeah, the next oh god, the next chapter, The Appeal of the Puppet Master is where he's like, uh, Le- Noam Chomsky with his campus following. Yeah. Uh, he also, he drops subtle biographical details throughout the book until the final biographical I, I, bit. I will just uh, say
0: that there is this quote that I enjoy, which is, Puppet master beliefs are attractive to anyone whose ideas are unpopular. But we know from polling that the left's ideas are not unpopular.
1: So Well, we do know that, like, yeah. We do.
0: Like, <laughs> God. Uh,
1: well, it, amusingly, in this like very dense, critique-laced book, he says the left populist emphasis on critique is an issue for them. Uh, he Similarly, um, at this point, uh, he reveals, just as he revealed a couple of chapters ago... That he worked on Angela Eagle's ill-fated 2016 leadership challenge. Yes, that um, was a
0: bit earlier. I think it was earlier where he's like, "These people are so morally superior; they think they could put a brick through a window, and it's okay." And I'm like, "Wasn't that debunked happen, first mate. of all?" It like happen. it was debunked. <laughs> like, False news. Yeah. Uh, lies and smears. Yep.
1: Um, but then, but yeah, then he reveals as well that he studied English literature, which is like, ah, that's why he's going on for 10 pages about the angry young man novels of the 1950s. Yeah,
0: I didn't, uh, that kind of went over my head because I'm not, um, a strong reader, I think I would say, despite the yeah. fact that I am reviewing a book. You read this, mate, I, I yeah. Read I read mean, this, yeah, I mean, Christ. hell. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the strongest reader, as I say, but I have proven on many occasions that I can read. So I'm happy with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, th- there's a whole thing where he starts seeing like there's there's this bit that stands out again where he's like, ah, actually, the human mind has an aversion to randomness, and I'm like, yeah, that's somewhat true. But here's the example he cites. These demonstrate the human brain's aversion to randomness. They explain why, for example, left popular see Margaret Hodges' daughter working for the BBC, link this to Hodges' criticism of Corbyn, note that Hodges is Jewish, and arrive at anti-Semitic conclusions.
1: That's a lot of leaps, isn't it? That was—that's yeah. one of the real by Hume. Yeah, moment like... in the book because it's like who 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 did this and which of the people who you know maybe did go to anti-semitic conclusions about margaret hodge which i think is a small percentage of the people who, who dislike margaret hodge most of whom have legitimate reasons to do so uh like how many of them would have followed that exact train of thought you know those steps um yeah, that was that was real, like a real gross moment. Yeah, that um, was uh,
0: that stood out to me. Again, every time he mentions the anti-Semitism issue, it's 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 not often, but it sticks out.
1: Yeah, but, well, but, but he doesn't think he needs to explain it. He thinks that these uh, certain facts are just set in stone.
0: This is the quote where he's like, "Ah, this is why the left think that they interpret PFI as a coordinated scam, dude. Your uh... dad, like, come on." <laughs> Come on. Yeah, well, that's
1: that. Uh, my note there in that quote, he mentions Alan Milburn, who yeah. is who who has a section alongside his dad in this book. Uh, the 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 instinct to see a pattern connects several extra dots. E.g., the fact that Alan Milburn consulted for a private health company many years after, or that my dad uh, profited in the private education sector after being education secretary. Okay, he doesn't say that last bit but, to interpret mm-hmm. PFI as a coordinated scam. And to this. I noted. Really need to look into his dad's private sector work.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my inst. I, I, my instinct was like, I mean, this sounds like something else is happening, but I didn't want to. <laughs> At joke. one point, the next chapter, he's like,
1: uh, chapter ten, the case against the puppet master brackets government. Oh, this is where he goes
0: in on Owen Jones again.
1: Uh, yeah, of course. Um, but he starts at saying, Imagine if there was like some kind of modern day equivalent of like Senate of Senator McCarthy. I'm like, it's you. Yes! It's just, like you, who like earlier on when he's like, imagine if somebody was constraining the acceptable limits of debate. The it's Guardian. Like, it's
0: you! <laughs>
1: it's you <laughs>
0: like yeah yeah a lot of my notes in this uh you did this and
1: it's you <laughs> like, yeah 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 uh when he's he's complaining about people say our leaders are self-serving we are pure i put don't be mean about my dad <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> yeah my note about this owen jones stuff is because as much as owen jones is a significant figure he mentions him far far too much yeah this loads this guy. and my thing here is like this guy is obsessed with owen jones He is literally one of those people who, when Owen Jones is trending, you click on it, he's like, remember the time Owen Jones did this? And then he'll have a, you know, and he'll get really mad about some random thing Owen did that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Like...
1: I would say that Owen Jones is probably a more representative case than Paul Mason. Uh, There are some mad Paul Mason quotes in this that I I am so, you know, I'm gutted that I missed at the time because they're amazing. Like just every time he mentions Paul Mason, it is some straight fire that leads you to (laughs) think that, how the fuck did this guy end up endorsing Keir Starmer? I know,
0: like, all of the tweet, all of the quotes from Paul Mason in this are amazing. I, I literally highlight- tagged all of them with Spice, except they weren't Spice takes. They were good yeah, takes, they, they were, were amazing spicy. takes. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah, terrific. Man, missed that guy. I wonder what happened uh, to him. Yeah,
1: what happened to Spice? I yeah, guess.
0: sure. Ah, this is the bit, yes, this is the bit with the eugenics argument, right. Oh. Okay, right. So he starts talking about how, like, oh, he talk you know, there are three potential he's basically saying, let's assume that the idea that there is this grand puppet master controlling everything is true. So let's consider why the powerful are so wicked they behave in these ways. So the powerful often come from privileged groups, the powerful are born immoral at different levels of society, and the powerful have been corrupted by their positions. And when he talks addresses like the idea that, you know, you're um you come from privileged groups therefore you're immoral which is an interesting argument but whatever he says like but wouldn't that mean if you believed this that you could do extreme things to people from this background and wouldn't that mean that the right could then justify doing extreme things on eugenicist grounds i'm like he he talks about like genetic morality and i'm like no this is not a thing I don't that anyone that. <laughs> I'm like first of all i don't know that genetic morality as a concept has a big following on the left i don't believe it does Um, If you believe in genetic morality, you should probably stop. Um, But I don't think many people in this chat or in the wider left believe in that. It's just just bad. It's bad. And, like, it's a a really weird leap to go, like, if you're horrible to rich people, if you expropriate their wealth, might you then justify bad things happening to groups you like? And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Might I...
1: (laughs) it's you know again it's because he personally relates to the establishment not many people can actually put themselves in the position of like you know someone who voted for the iraq war but when people are like someone someone might casually said in his university class oh you know mate i think anyone who voted for the iraq war should be in jail and he's like
0: but but my dad (laughs) you want you want to take
1: my daddy away from me uh, yes. uh, but... <laughs> that's him at university for some reason <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason at
0: university he's 11 i mean I don't know, like... <laughs> it,
1: like, like oh there's a massive fucking pair of ears outside the university charles clark must have come to pick his son <laughs> up again um, but... <laughs> uh, um... No, there's a few salient bits to his argument that he uh he says in um in this chapter. Firstly he says the number the number of levers governments can pull is finite yes. which is very much there is no alternative. the private sector uh, is something we cannot control. Um, he says that populists believe that priorities are in establishment fiction
0: rather than that the establishment have bad priorities um yeah he talks about this in relation to the 2017 and 2019 manifestos and the language of priorities which is one of those dipshit framing mechanic mechanisms that all of these labor right dangers he keeps mentioning really believe in yeah you know, like, then he, he, he like the one of the things he gets he gets to is like man there's only a finite amount of universalism to go around and i'm like yeah 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 this no? is where it's due
1: His pro-tuition fees argument comes in. Uh, He mentions things that would be greater priorities for a good Labour government, which were more Labour policy under Corbyn. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) then uh, he says I would argue that free universal services are in general only progressive if the services in question are disproportionately likely to be used by the people most in need again it's like (laughs) no no NHS for the rich Um, I I,
0: I will just say that there is a question he asked here is it fair for the former who earn less over their lifetime to subsidize 100% of the latter in relation to people who don't go to uni and people who do go to uni and I'm like yes as part of general taxation that is entirely fair and also there de- and i may i published this note on twitter the, going to university no longer correlates with earning more money over your career at all if it yeah. did i would be the richest person on the stream i might be but like but i, would, I mean yeah know, but still <laughs> come on
1: <laughs> he bigs up the sure start centers he um he says that uh, with socialism in one country, in quotes, Britain Which... would become fairer but also poorer with um, worse public services. That's uh, very again... weird.
0: Oh, I was going to say about the Sure Start thing. Yeah. Um, he keeps saying, like, oh, the left did reject all of the benefits of the Blairite government, of the two- 97 to 2010 government. And I'm like, the only people who defended the gains of that government were the left and Jeremy Corbyn. Like, yeah. people, his ideological fellow travelers openly. Like denounced the policies that they supported in government to try and yeah. own the left, which, by the way, good job. I guess we're owned, but look at what fucking happened now. <laughs> you
1: know, he posits the alternative to, in his words, tolerating the city as being, uh you know, well, as there not being an alternative. He asks, what is the rival policy choice? Breaking the cunts up, possibly. I mean, he uh, he claims that a socialist economy would jettison wealth and diversity. He then quotes Philip Collins talking about Obama's presidency being the discovery that power is not there, <laughs> which is an I extraordinary mean, way of dis- of, of, of rationalising his failures.
0: Uh, can I just say that this is the chapter where he mentions another favourite character of ours, Chukaramuna, gets a mention. Everyone. <laughs> What, for, like, broadly having the same views as Paul Mason,
1: I think he said. Left
0: populists criticised as neoliberal, for instance, Chukuramuna's idea that we should raise taxes to fund the NHS. Now, I'm not gonna... I I will say that... Did they? Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't think they did. And also, if they did, they would be correct, because that direct Uh, connection is technically correct. Um, If he said it in that exact way.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I, I think I added who to this because i doubt yeah yeah, I doubt yeah like whoever right.
0: whoever it was they were correct because that kind of uh value for money framing is a very big part of neoliberal you know welfare and provision of services so yeah and uh, yeah the british obama yeah chikoramuna discovering the power wasn't in the independent group as it turns out <laughs> and then joining the lib dems where the power yeah. also wasn't as it's a surprising twist but i will say uh, i will thank chikoramuna for giving us the best moment of that parliament which is when corbyn walked out of a meeting because he was there he said this is only for real party leaders that
1: was great yeah absolute um, king moment <laughs> I'd like to conclude my thoughts on this chapter by pointing out that he uses the phrase "tough choices" yep. twice yeah. on the and, same page.
0: <laughs> in fact, in fact, he makes a point of saying, "Actually, the electorate like tough choices." If you were just a dickhead about, by the way, which, by the way, is what he accuses us of being—of dickheads. So, oh, hey, yeah. hey, Mick, how are you doing? I, I you, we, we mentioned you earlier in relation to the "they don't tell me what to write" nonsense that these people are saying. So, yeah. um, welcome. And yeah, I, I wish I was hammered too, but I have to be sober because I have to behave myself on these streams because my mum watches them. Hi, mum, um, <laughs> if you are watching this, <laughs> uh, she she has she has commented in the past that I uh, swear a lot, and I think I've been quite good so far. So I think it's mostly been me. Yeah, and you know, vanity. and how is that my fault, mum? You know, we're gonna have like a family yeah, it's quarrel. Not, it's <laughs> not, it's not at all. Exactly. I'm expecting a message on WhatsApp now and the family WhatsApp. Um, <laughs> and he, anyway uh the case against the puppet master continued he he particularly goes in on the puppet master top quote here the goal of social
1: democrats is to keep a degree of capitalism Which, that, yes. I, admittedly i cut out half a sentence there but that's <laughs> like that's the bit that i thought was salient
0: <laughs> yes and he's he's uh he's correct in his assessment of social democracy there's there's a quote there's a bit i think it's in this chapter or maybe a bit later Where he's like oh no it's earlier because he's describing social fascism as a concept which he attributes as a unique oh, yeah. stalinist construct but i he don't says, think we need... oh sorry yeah no, i was gonna right. say that there's a bit where he says like oh you know they would regard social democrats as social fascists and I'm like, well, given how social democrats have been, self-identifying social democrats have behaved over the past six years, I think we have a case to be made that they are, in fact, the handmaids of far-right governments. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I, I maybe wouldn't yeah. be. I maybe Stalin is in fact correct. If my dad's watching, that's for you. Uh, apologies <laughs> to my mother for that one. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I... I, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I think that this is just him, basically.
1: You know, you or I might think that social democracy hews close to fascism. Uh, The average (laughs) Corbyn voter probably has not. That thought has not necessarily occurred to them. Um, I think this is him getting worked up at stuff on Twitter again.
0: Yeah, and he actually... um... There is a bit in here, I think, where he essentially tells um, Diane Abbott to check her privilege because she could send her kid to a private school. Oh, yeah. Where, I mean, like, imagine uh, exactly imagine having like the that. fucking brass neck to say to Diane Abbott of all people. He mentions Shami Chakrabarti as well. As yeah, well. he
1: gets the two of them in there because, like, yeah, we're, uh, left-wing women of Kawa. Yeah, uh, like, I think
0: he complains about Len. He it's does complain funny. about Len McCluskey, but, you know, we're, we're I not here to think... do that. I, I yeah, no, I'm definitely not. I, <laughs> I I
1: keep rereading the like Len McCluskey thing and being like i care why like yeah like, <laughs> like he's the most militant trade u- leader of a major trade union in the country pretty much like you know i mean i say i say major they're obviously smaller ones who probably you know after his yeah. left but like but you know at the end of the day i don't give a fuck about like some flat <laughs> so him renting a flat like oh wow terrible with union money oh end of the world man like really awful
0: yeah uh all right let me get the uh let me get the thing back up so I was... we should
1: live in a hole in yes, the fucking that's right. ground oh uh, like well, okay um
0: yeah this there's this bit where he's like yes all of the people who support corbin who moved to Labour under Corbyn were broadly more privileged and from a university-educated background and, you know... All of them! And this is my thing, which is, like, what if a degree no longer correlates with access to higher-paid jobs and the education correlation in voting intention is actually an age one because younger people have more education on average? What if that's what's happened? And, you know, like, the amount of university-educated people I know who... Do not make any fucking money. Do, you know, like, come on. Like, God. I've
1: have, I have got a way in here and say that this is the chapter where he misquotes the Beatles. I mean, so he starts by mentioning their song, The Taxman. That's right. It is just Taxman, you dipshit. Could you not <laughs> look at the record that possibly you own? Could you not fucking go on Wikipedia? See, track one, side one tax man, no thee, and then later on he says that they said that they were, quote-unquote, more famous than God. It is bigger than Jesus, Jesus, you fucking idiot. It's one of the most iconic quotes ever. Like These people, they need to spend less time reading fucking rules, and more time listening to top tunes, you know what I'm saying? I I will not
0: comment on how top tunes or not I think certain groups are but yes uh, or, or at the very come least watch on. the or at the, the very on. least watch the Simpsons episode where they had do the bigger than Jesus bit come on you know <laughs> uh,
1: but is that the same episode as a uh, David Crosby you're my hero yeah. oh you like my music well you're a musician yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, which um yeah
0: uh got him <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe he'd been watching the Ruttles where they say that where uh, the controversy erupts because they say they're bigger than God. But it turns out that he actually said that they were bigger than Rod, which was true (laughs) as Rod Stewart would not be
0: a big star for another five years. (laughs) (laughs) Love Uh, that joke. uh, Also, Enemy Beauty, you rely on a salary to live and pay rent. I actually rely on this, which is great. (laughs) zero problems uh this is a
1: bonanza fucking chapter man this is where he like he fucking says one columnist points out and and that columnist is camilla long uh he complains about like corbin giving jobs to upper class people as if his lot don't do that as as, As as we
0: discussed as as we discussed on the on the owen jones stream it's not like there's a deep bench of people waiting to take yeah. these roles
1: look if corbin had not employed seamus Mill or james schneider we would have a classless society right now
0: correct yeah hard to hard to there, there is a bit where he goes into like you know how opposing a class how supporting a class of society is anti-left-wing or anti-populist and i'm like what the fuck do you think like we believe in <laughs> like oh yeah
1: because we... he thinks it's like the immiseration of the well-off or whatever and i you know i've always said i don't believe i know some communists are like well i fucking do but you know i've i've always it's said I, I don't any. believe in the immiseration of everyone i think that socialism is a better future for all yes um, he, also, in this chapter, uh, a page after fucking citing Camilla Long, uh, <laughs> cite, uh, blasts the expensive artisan tastes of Corbin Easters with their croissants, coffee coffees,
0: of course. Coffees,
1: uh, milk. <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, milk's legit. Milk yeah, sent
1: mil- approved.
0: Yeah, Mike. Uh, yeah. I Tim
1: Farron have both given milk their stamp of approval. That's right. But yeah, that cracked me up the, scent, the expensive artisan tastes. I, I shut the fuck up. Like, look,
0: I do have some expensive tastes, I will say. Which, I, But I'm not like buying, you know, the most. Ex- I don't drink coffee, which is a really poor example. But I'm not buying, like, ridiculously expensive artisan's beer just with your Twitch money, with my Bezos bucks. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> Uh, well, you know,
1: please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. There's always been one of my favourite Jeremy Corbyn quotes.
0: <laughs> oh, God, that's such a good quote. Yes, uh, unfortunately, the soundboard is off tonight because I didn't want the recording of this, which I will give to Jack for real politic archiving purposes. Um, I didn't want it to just be, like, <laughs> the soundboard going off constantly whenever we mention Mike Gapes or anything. Is <laughs> milk! It... milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Do you have a milk uh, sound on the sound? Yes, yeah. of course, of Great. course.
0: I have a stop the extremism as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. I love that.
0: I, I gotta I gotta respect that I am part of the real politic extended universe and you know, have that on. So Totally. We've got yeah. the uh we've got the what is the golden era now. This is the worst oh. the worst construct that he's built on. Well, because...
1: I mean his main example of, like, a concrete case of the golden era is uh, Ken Loach's film, The Spirit of 45, which, like... I've not seen I mean, it, but... I have, I have. I went to see it at the cinema. I kind of enjoyed it, but I thought, yeah, this is nostalgic and revisionist. Um, So did Owen Hathaway, who directed... Uh, who dedicated, rather, uh, an extensive amount of his excellent book, The Ministry of Nostalgia, to critiquing Loach's well-intentioned but flawed film. Oh, um, should, so should... there, there is actually a left-wing critique out there of the ministry. Uh, sorry, of the spirit of '45, which um, again makes me think it is not so representative of Corbinite thought as Chris thinks. Most Corbinites I know have a very hard-headed and unromantic view of the Labour Party and socialism's history.
0: Mm, yeah i i've just I, I i've just got to the graphics one of the famous graphics which is uh revolutionary optimism versus evolutionary optimism where um <laughs> the, the axes are really funny because it's like state of society good state of society bad at opposite ends of the axis <laughs> oh, God, my <laughs> just eyes
1: like... just glazed over most of them to be honest so, the graphs
0: yeah so like i am like in my brain, a graph sky a little bit. And so I did enjoy seeing them, but it's just hilarious seeing how he's like, I can't believe that leftists believe society is declining. And then they think as soon as a revolution happens, it's going to go up like this, like literally like, like this. And I'm just like, yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe we live in the real world and can actually, you know, experience material conditions and have an understanding of them. Maybe we're smart enough to do that. Although maybe Uh... not. God, but if this is—he start—he kicks
1: off this chapter with just. Oh, by the way, just as a quick side note, there's two different disparaging mentions of Corbin's supporting singer Lily Allen in the course of this book. Also, like, Russell he's really, Brand. Weirdly. Yeah, he's really got it in for Lily Allen uh, and Russell Brand, but um,
0: who people have said I look like in the graphic for the stream and in <laughs> general, which okay. Like, he's not a bad-looking guy, and I get it, but, like, a little less. Um... He kicks off, like, pretty early
1: on in the chapter. He, like, starts ranting on about how the left, uh, like, were so sniffy about, like, the wedding of, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, and like you no. know, as a virulent anti-monarchist, I could actually say you know I felt really alienated because the left were so positive about the wedding
0: uh, <laughs> compared to how I felt, which uh, you know, it. um I didn't care. I to be honest, yeah, I, I no, you I mean, know, no. like I didn't you know, I, I I'm a Republican. I don't give a shit what the monarchy does. All I care about is that we abolish them and replace them with an elected head of state. That's the truth so far as I care. Like, yeah. yeah, it's
1: bullshit. I mean, he cites as for two poles of opinion. Uh, Ayesha Hazarika mm. with her um, fucking, like, oh, this is wonderful. It shows, like, the, the uh, equality of Britain in 2020 or whatever. Um, compared to... Or whatever year it was, 2018, I think. Yeah. Compared to Emma Dent Code, the former uh, Corbynite MP, who said... Um, but basically, like, ah, oh, this is crap. It's pomp and circumstance. People are dying. Yeah, you know, could be that, like, a bunch of her citizens had died in the yeah. Grenfell fire and maybe she had other priorities at that point. But, yeah, she got a lot of uh, um, stick for that. And, and, and so the poll is basically over oh, the, the curmudgeonly hard left represented by Emma Dent code. Um, yeah, a Who white had woman. had something to
0: for his face. deal with, like, uh, in her yeah. constituency. <laughs>
1: versus like the kind of the progressive but in this case pro-monarchy uh centri- center centre left uh represented by aisha hazarika a woman of colour. I think that he was trying to draw that sort of distinction. But it's not like that at all. Because of course, you know, I think probably uh you know objectively like more people of colour are on the left, aren't they? I-, I I think that has been shown time and time again. And like um and a large wave of both left-wing people of color and and white people I knew were very positive about uh, the kind of uh, the pro uh, equality related uh, development of a, a woman of color marrying into the royal family. Yeah. Um, like I say, to a, to a point that I almost disagreed with. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so it just it, it wasn't borne out at all. The, those two polls weren't representative of of the debate. Uh, and and it's worth pointing out that Corbyn is friends with Harry and Megan now.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, there is an entire section called The Spirit of 45, and I didn't quite feel qualified because I hadn't watched it to offer much mm. notes, but there is a thing... Where he said uh, he talks about Corbyn and McDonald and their support for the uh, for, for a United Ireland even after the Good yeah. Friday Agreement. And there's a thing where he says the goal. If you're being progressive, the goal must be <laughs> the, the most peaceful possible compromise and the dismantling of borders and barriers between the two countries. I've They're got I've yours. got news for him. Uh, you know what the easiest way to dismantle the border on the island of Ireland is a United Ireland. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is literally the easiest way you could do it. So I guess in that sense, Jeremy Coleman and John McDonnell win. Sorry, like,
1: (laughs) well, remember a couple of chapters ago, he was like, Some on the left, like Jeremy Corbyn, even criticized Clement Attlee as quote unquote neo colonial. I mean, yeah, Uh, here he says, Labour's founding purpose was even felt by some to have been betrayed by Attlee, and then he helpfully provides a bunch of reasons why. A man who supported the monarchy, okay, sided with America in the Korean War, signed Britain up to NATO, and um. Let's see what it says made a virtue of his suburban pragmatism I didn't highlight that
0: I mean yeah that that bit I can't really comment too much on but like the other things are bad well, ask, so... the people
1: of, ask the people of Malaya whether fucking Atlee was uh, you know whether he can be described as a socialist or not uh, sorry as an, as an imperialist or not yeah
0: this is the bit where he talks about Corbyn as recently as 2014 criticizing Atlee's neocolonialism and my note here is just based Corbyn um, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, which yeah. is really all we need Need to know because like it, he's correct he's absolutely correct like maybe neo-colonialist isn't the exact correct term given that colonization hadn't really completely been seen through but yeah um yeah pretty much <laughs>
1: like yeah i mean uh, yeah I, th- I think probably probably an accurate term uh in that it was a distinct phenomenon to the old british imperialism
0: yeah but um, anyway we're getting bogged down in this oh yeah yeah things.
1: but no the um, point being that atlee is a figure who is not beyond reproach uh he gets very angry at zara sultana saying that uh that, that the country had lived through 40 years of thatcherism again it is a personal affront he did not grow up viewing his dad as a thatcherite yeah so that's why that that is insulting to him because you or i we see well, Why would people take be so affronted by Corbyn saying that the system doesn't work? It's like, uh, yeah, because they are literally part of the system. I, I will
0: also point out that this is a chapter where he mentions, as a result, Corbyn's endorsement of Remain in 2016 was exped- expedient and half-hearted. And I'm like, it's wrong, wrong. There is, no ev- there is literally no evidence to suggest that it was half-hearted Brat. in any way. There is no source that... No credible source that suggests that that was the case.
1: I guess he's all about grown-up compromise until it t- it turns the time to actually do it. He repeatedly said, I mean, absurd, the absurd suggestion given that the government he supported was violently anti-asylum seeker and, uh, you know, did fucking speeches in front of the White Cliffs of Dover in Blair's case. Actually, um, um,
0: distinguished, uh, this it- makes a point, which is he should have back remained like Keith. I will just say that he says that about the 2017 manifesto. It's bad that Corbyn had electoral success because he compromised on immigration. It's yeah. worth remembering that that compromise was demanded by, was Keir, the, Starmer. by Keir Starmer. Starmer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't want to admit that the compromises that
1: Corbyn did make, which he in turn seizes on and says, oh, here's why Corbyn was actually right-wing, were because Corbyn has to share a party with people like him. That yeah. was the blockade to Corbyn having... The, it wasn't him and McDonald thinking, oh, we cannot possibly convince the british public that um that that about free movement it was that the right of the labor party fought that and that corbyn had to uh you know eventually had to give in to them yes to coexist with them unfortunately yeah unfortunately yeah um so again very just so not pluralistic from chris yeah strange that um
0: yeah, there's a thing. He he describes like the so the golden era is this mythologized revisionist view of the UK as good at some point, which I don't think many people on the left have. No, the, not... the
1: leftists I know are marked out by not having that romanticism. Yeah, that and
0: had. he um he says like the the uh, metaphor he uses is that the toothpaste will painlessly go back in a tube. No one is saying it's going to be painless the will painlessly or easy. Go back in the day. You know, yeah, like no one is saying it's it's it, you know like I do tweets where I'm like I would simply, right? No one is seriously suggesting that. They are they are posts I mean sometimes it is legitimately that simple and I usually am clear about when that's the case, but yeah. Like no one is seriously on a policy or political level suggesting it's I would simply do I would press the socialism button. It's not hearts of iron. <laughs> like you know. I mean he claims
1: that if you look at British history, it's hard to find a time when left-wing values were satisfied in the way go- the golden era supposes. Which, yes, we all know. We all this know is that. The like... whole Benite critique. He quotes Ralph Miliband as saying that the 1945 to 51 government merely wanted to improve the efficiency of a capitalist economy. Now, what golden era did Ralph Miliband believe in?
0: Uh, he didn't believe in man.
1: one. He did not believe in one. That's the whole premise of benism that there has never been a perfect labor party that simply by virtue of being in government does socialism uh the golden era does not exist for the very people who he uh, uh supposes are its most vocal advocates
0: yeah, there is also a bit where he he decides to do a bit of American commentary, although he actually compares golden era thinking, which he attributes directly to the left, by the way. He equates it with the nostalgia that drove Hitler to power, so it's he's not being coy about what he thinks the comparison is here. At mm. all. Then it's followed up by a bit where he decides to wade into American politics where he's like, just 22% of Sanders supporters would say they would vote against Hillary Clinton in favor of yeah. Trump. And I'm like, well, it's interesting to note, and if any Americans are in the audience, it might interest you to know that more Hillary Clinton supporters voted against Obama than Sanders supporters voted against Clinton. Yeah, interesting, curious, I don't know. That, um, yeah, Exactly, See, that the only reason they
1: can rationalise that as not being as glaring as the other thing is the idea that Trump is uniquely bad. So all those people who voted for McCain uh, to f- say fuck you Obama, they were morally pure. But all the people who vote for Trump are bad. Yes, you know
0: McCain good, Trump bad. What's hard to understand about this? It's not like well, this book does defend John McCain as well. Yeah, that is true. I probably shouldn't have jumped the gun on that one. But also, (laughs) you know, John McCain noted coward, traitor, and loser. Actually, I prefer heroes who weren't captured. uh... Not gonna lie. (laughs) Um...
1: Yeah, no, he's lame. Yeah, call this wife a cunt. You should stop saying it so much. People are like, Jack, stop calling everyone a con. Like, I'm like,
0: what about John McCain? He's dead and he's still saying it. Yeah, like, come on. And maybe that's just me saying it about him, but who knows? And, and yes, the Hillary cam- campaign did have a major role in propagating bufferism. So, yeah. you know, uh, one, and which, by the way, you could pretty much draw a line between that and Trump winning. So, I don't but know.
1: Also, just I just fundamentally think, even though he concedes himself it is not that significant a group of people he fucking uh like just anyone basically bringing oh what about all the bernie supporters who backed trump against hillary and to the argument is just not serious fundamentally unserious yeah i'm Grow kind of up.
0: skipping ahead and looking at it and just like <laughs> whenever he does like appeal of the thing it's all pop psychology stuff that's just really yeah. boring so i'm like looking ahead to the next chapter where he's like for many on the left the answer would be that inequalities of undermined material improvements there is no doubt that's a big factor let me be very explicit here it is the primary factor behind all like all of these feelings that people have that they want populist movements right material yeah. conditions i was chatting to a friend who is a political scientist uh privately he's a melt centrist in the netherlands but oh my um my Discord's doing the thing. Yep. I'll I'll, I'll carry on. Sorry, sorry, Jack. Uh, I'll just get it back to working. And yeah, I'll say that he is, he is a melt in the Netherlands. But he's a, he's a friend, good friend of mine. I read his thesis, um, which I might <laughs> review for a stream. But um, yeah, like material conditions impact people's politics. It is the primary driving factor. He even says like, oh yeah, well, people are in the EDL because they're poor, which we have no yeah you know, we have no sense. substantive things to no substantive data set that proves that that's the case so far as i'm aware if we do have one then i'm happy to be corrected but yeah it's just it's just ridiculous nonsense when he tries to describe these sorts of Yeah, no, it's not that's not my friend. My friend is not the noted murderer being named in the chat. What? <laughs> he's murderer. Much... He's much too young, my friend, is to be a mur- to be that murderer, at least, I think. Um he's never a couple...
1: too young to murder. Well uh Well legally, I think. Well, yeah that, well that no, is, yeah. that is that is not a, my... a barrier to
0: <laughs> So I understand it. Um, but yeah, that's just I I kind of just started like powering through it here because yeah he he, t- he talks about like for left populists old certainties represent straightforward socialism so basically the problems you, the I would simply format worked in the 1950s which is why I like the 1950s um, I don't like the 1950s I think I would have fared very poorly in the 1950s being who I am but mm. nonetheless I have bad news for this guy which is that the problems are still mechanically at least simple to solve which is that you should do the good thing and not the bad thing that seems to be the thing he has trouble grasping
1: (laughs) he mentions in the 2020 primaries uh, they seem to have many of the same dynamics at at play as 2016 with loathing for Joe Biden often appearing to exceed opposition to Trump I mean, I just think that's, that's so untrue. Like, the whole left got behind this guy, who they were clearly completely opposed to, just because they had it beaten into them that Trump was so bad, you need yeah. to unequivocally back Biden. Um, that That's just, it's like the opposite of what happened. Um, you know, and, and, and what about the loathing for Bernie that seemed to exceed all other factors, resulting in, um, in them picking a candidate as
0: fucking inadequate i would say inadequate yeah
1: i was going to say unqualified but you know that's a yeah. thing to say and it's as also joe not Biden. strictly
0: true in joe biden's case he is well, qualified men- in the sense that i am qualified on... to you know <laughs>
1: well i mean he's yeah i mean you know i think that if you're gonna shit yourself in the oval office then you may not be qualified for the presidency but F- in obvious... the
0: chat for ronald reagan there i think there, yeah there's obviously um, a historical yeah, yes um There's a thing, I've kind of powered to the next chapter, where he's like, oh yeah, um, people in China are more likely to say the world is getting better than people in Britain, and I'm like, is that something to do with material conditions changing, communism works, folks! I mean, I didn't want to make that point, but I'm like, is (laughs) poverty going down in one of these countries and going up in the other one? The mind boggles. Um... Uh, speaking of mind-boggling, he cites some mind-bogglingly shit banal
1: writing in this chapter. I mean, it's the second consecutive chapter in a row where he cites the writing of Epstein friend Steven Pinker. Oh, and then yeah. in chapter 13, he uh, quote starts talking about a play by Melt playwright James Graham called Labour of Love. <laughs> which oh, no. just sounded precisely as awful as its title. I mean, I never, I, I just, uh, I listened to the New Statesman podcast review it and it sounded real melty. Real, real melty. I feel,
0: you, they're, they're doing, what for their audience, what we're doing for us, which is putting themselves through pain. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Although maybe they enjoyed no, it, No, no, they, lo-
1: they loved it. They loved it. Steve, uh, oh. Helen Lewis and Stephen Bush, who were the presenters of it at the time, both loved James Graham. And in fact, Stephen Bush uh, pops up again in this chapter. Yes. Following the 2015... This is an amazing bit of Stephen Bush, by the way. Like, proper, like, Tony Blair made the world fair. Uh, You know, (laughs) following the 2015 election, for example, journalist Stephen Bush was asked online whether the purposes for which Labour was created have largely been achieved. Bush's perfunctory response arguably i mean can <laughs> i just say
0: furious accusations of complacency can i just say one that might be a case for labor persokification because the party's job is done in its view so it must surely be time to replace it i'm just saying i'm not i'm not i, I certainly well i'm not a member i can say well, I like but jack jack apparent. well if you're not getting kicked off for the other stuff you're getting kicked out kicked out for this um but um <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's kind of telling where he's like, yeah, probably, like, yeah, oh, cool. and then he's
1: then back to being furious at Russell Brand's pre-Corbin writing, I which mean, is super relevant. So the, the thing is, I don't think anyone,
0: even if even if maybe we were like what. When, when, when it was 2013 it was must have been like 2013 when he was 13
1: 15 so like say. what
0: i was 19 i think most of us have moved on or never even were in the correct age group and you know thing to be interacting with that yeah. well russell brand
1: political pundit was a big thing because the left didn't have an electoral voice and some guy who happened to have a media platform was just like well what if i talk about these issues and you know this guy says Corbyn was like the worst conceivable leader for the left i mean yeah you know, i can pr- i can think of someone <laughs> worse like there, there was like you know R- russell brand was 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 uh he was speaking from the heart and he yeah. was doing his best uh but but the, the left has moved on
0: i have i have no so. negative feeling towards russell brand as a person at all uh Unless there's something weird and cancelable about him that I'm unaware of, in which case, yes, we reject and denounce him ahead of time. But I will just say, Todd, Russell Brand wrote things. Russell Brand edited an edition of the New Statesman yeah like yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. happened that i remember that happening like <laughs> uh, I,
1: i'd just like to say my my views are actually more extreme than chris gives me credit for because he says that the hard left say that we've been living under an unbroken spell of neoliberalism since 1979 actually i believe it was 1976 when james callahan and dennis I, healy went cap in hand to the imf so
0: yeah and yeah. i will just say that there is a thing here, there is a tone to this where he's like neoliberalism's not real, it's not a real thing well if it in quotation marks <laughs> yeah, uh, and I well documented that it is a real thing, and that, yeah. you know, if it's not a real thing, I feel bad for the friend of the stream we mentioned earlier, John Duncan, who's literally doing his PhD in stuff related to neoliberalism so, bad yeah, luck yeah, John, yeah. it doesn't exist, sorry mate,
1: but then again nah, you, be, you know... the only legitimate <laughs> academic writing is by like Rob Ford and oh, Christ. Uh, Stephen Fielding and just you know just so, just those middle-aged men who are just really smug on Twitter
0: damn i got to get to middle age um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's then he's like the case against the golden era as the global economy and the, the thing he keeps coming back to this thing where there's like a left-wing arcadia that was dismantled and I'm like, no, no one believes that there was this left wing. He, he seems to he seems to think that people thinking that Keynesianism is better than neoliberalism means that they think that Keynesianism was this golden left wing age.
1: Well, yeah, he's always like, um, oh, you know, people harken back to the time of the industry. But that meant like, uh, you know, reactionary social values. It's just like the idea that if we uh, like, um, you know, nationalized say the energy sector and created a bunch of jobs in renewable energy that were in a way industrial jobs then somehow like being gay would become illegal overnight famously (laughs) if you nationalize the trains
0: if you nationalize the trains gay marriage is done that's that's apparently the the position that exists yeah people constantly
1: cite the reactionary social values of a few years ago as reasons we can't go back to a more equal economy. Guys, can it I is just
0: perverse? Can I can I shock you all? I would like to have gay people being allowed to get married and cheap accessible rail access. I know it's a lot. Yeah. You know, I would I would like to have both. In fact, arguably I'd want free public transport everywhere, but you know <laughs> let's, let's 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 you know
1: also always in scare quotes is the phrase Western imperialism.
0: Which we know is a real thing. It's well-established. It's a real thing. Um, yeah. He, you know, he. then there's a bizarre diagram where he's like, ah, actually, true neoliberalism, as it was purely expressed, was 1850s Europe. And I just, I can't, I can't be bothered to deal with a, a thinker this tedious. I, I don't, I don't want, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't. It's it's such a tedious way of understanding what neoliberalism is that i i can't like i can't really dismantle it because it's not grounded in any recognizable understanding of reality uh i what? hate i hate to do that and then this is the same chapter where friend of the stream abby gets her mention where she provides a definition of neoliberalism that he's like, well, actually, if we followed this to its natural conclusion, no one has ever been neoliberal. And I'm like, that wasn't Abby's point. You don't have to tick all of the boxes to be described as something, an argument we're having about other things currently. Yeah, Yeah. better
1: to cite principled left-wing thinkers like David Goodhart, or uh, as he repeatedly does, the conservative historian Dominic Sandbrook. A man I have me. no
0: interest in hearing from ever. <laughs> just, yeah, you know,
1: awful man. Um, you know, there's just this whole bollocks fucking. There's another, actually, another Western imperialism in scare quotes, alongside the contention that global ar- colonial arguments have largely been beaten. Uh, which is why that people coined neo-colonialism to describe yeah, the way that neoliberalism, neoliberal capitalism interacts um, with. Um, uh, you know basically colonial interests
0: extractive um, economies in the global south and then we have yeah. there there is a great bit as well where he's like actually you can't have a tobin tax or a robin hood tax which would be a tax on a global scale on the financial transactions as it were like large financial transactions you couldn't have that and not be a member of nato
1: yeah Why? I, th- that, I don't that was know pretty amazing
0: that is I didn't know that NATO oh, had right. a well beyond it being the military wing of neoliberalism in a way. Yeah, NATO's about war, like,
1: man. It's not about economic shit at all. Yeah, like it is, <laughs> it is. It is.
0: It is as the IRA was to Irish republicanism, right? It is the military expression of that interest. Yeah, there, uh, like, there are a
1: ton of multinational organisations that aren't NATO that do have an economic remit. NATO is not one of them. Yeah, I mean, and
0: you and you can you could simply not do I mean who are you who are you gonna do deals with Japan's not in nato they would obviously be part of a Robin Hood tax if it was applied properly like mm. um <laughs> I, I, don't, he, I don't understand.
1: He draws in this chapter the bullshit distinction that centrists have loved for the last few years between open and closed yeah. uh, isolationism and interconnectedness. But... So he posits that this is a kind of uh, a, a protectionist hard left who wants socialism in one country versus an open, permissive centre-left, to which I ask, why is Ian Austin on the centre-left? Yeah. Uh, uh... and, and why is Clive Lewis uh, on the uh what you would call populist
0: left can I, can I like... just say this is where he does a series of diagrams that are horseshoes but i can't hmm. actually make heads or tails of what the diagrams are meant to be showing me other than the fact that the far left and the hard right are together by the way interesting distinction between far left and hard right just occurs to me now weird how he omits the far in uh, far right if that's what he means Mm, i feel like if you mean to say something you should just say it instead of but yeah this is the bit with the horseshoes i wish i could tell you what these things mean honestly but these diagrams are frankly embarrassing you could you know i thought i was embarrassing when i did my thesis diagrams in paint this is more embarrassing although they were good diagrams There's, there's there's also like it's just very strange. The open closed thing always strikes me as incredibly strange given who passes and who doesn't for open and closed as Jack said. Ian Austin, apparently a very open internationalist figure. Clive Lewis, not so much. I think that's unfair to Clive Lewis who, you know, agree or disagree with him, love him or hate him. I disagree with him on
1: specific areas like the EU, but by, by Chris Curtis's death, not I keep Chris Curtis is some polling cunts by Chris Clark's definition. I, uh, I, you know, I, I think that Clive Lewis is clearly the more open of those two figures. Um, in this chapter, there's a really interesting bit where they're talking about how a lot of people's reactions to the London riots were like saying, Oh, go to Africa. There's real poverty in Africa. Um, everyone seemed to mention Africa for some reason. Yeah. I wonder weird. why, I like, wonder why what... these rioting black people made people think, uh, they should go to Africa, but this quote was literally go back to Africa. Uh, <laughs> yeah. not, not getting a 42 inch pl- uh, plasma TV. Uh, wrote another oh sorry a, a third suggested we should round those kids up and put them on a plane to africa to see what real deprivation is and i'm just like it he claims that these views were common amongst like young people and uh but i don't know i reckon I, that sounds a lot like it might be written by the kind of person who we would call gammon
0: yes and as we know gammon is a slur we can't say it um yeah, yeah and yet we have to just them. said it you know what can you do um say it again if you, gammon if you, if you are upset by me using the term gammon you can feel free to speak to my manager who is me so yeah, g-
1: gammon don't know how to get on
0: zoom but... yeah yeah <laughs> it's the whole thing um tos yeah i know terms of imagine if we got banned for saying gammon god um <laughs> yeah there's i there are a lot of chapters here which is just incredibly tedious like heavy lifting theory that really doesn't belong in a book that's making the point he thinks he's trying to make. And then there's, like, chapter 15, where he's like, Attlee, Thatcher, Blair, and Brexit. He creates a new political compass, everyone. (laughs) Like, he, he, he describes the Overton window and claims that the left believe in the Overton window too much, which, you know, the Overton window is entirely a liberal concept and construct. Thank you for following, by the way, Perry SB. Like, it is entirely that, but also, like... It, it, There there are acceptable boundaries to political discourse in the mainstream. It does exist, right? It, It's always mm-hmm. existed. It's existed in liberal democracies. It's existed in all sorts of other systems, whether implicitly democratic or not. Yeah, we believe in the Overton window because it keeps getting slammed down on us. Exactly. And he describes the mm-hmm. various movements, as he understands it, of the uh, Overton window over time. And he's like, actually... So here's the funny thing is he um he contradicts his own thing where he's like oh no society hasn't moved to the right and then proceeds to show a series of diagrams of the Overton window moving to the right so <laughs> i mean i i i don't i don't understand um i i can't i can't follow the argument here to be quite honest with you i really really can't i uh,
1: around here he lays out what he thinks the left needs to do to adapt to this fast changing globalized economy yeah uh, He says, we need to accept the legitimacy of globalization, including aspects the left is uncomfortable with, such as free trade and, here we go again, multilateral nuclear policies. He says the left need to be pro-EU, pro-NATO, and pro-trade. And if you're wondering what pro-trade means, he says that the left should even consider ideas like the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership.
0: Nope, we'll not consider that under any circumstances. No, we'll not consider that for a
1: fucking second, can, exactly. And can
0: I just uh, say that, um, first of all, Jeremy Corbyn very clearly, on every occasion where he was asked what his Brexit deal would look like, said, customs union membership and access to the single market. That is a pro-trade position. It is a much more materially pro-trade position than the one we came with, that we ended up with, because people decided that they would accept a diamond-hard Brexit and a Tory government if it meant stopping Jeremy Cribbins. Yeah, oh, but Corbin
1: facilitated Brexit, according to Chris. Yes, so I don't want to hear
0: from these kinds of people about what constitutes a pro-trade position, because the left came, I think, somewhat naively to a pro-trade position in some cases. I would have said you know customs union would have been my flaw, mm. but you know yeah um anyway yeah it yeah, should have been more so
1: isolationist more fucking no that's genuinely what i think i'm not being <laughs> ironic uh world government uh yeah oh yeah he keeps advocating quite sincerely world government and i was just reading that thinking like try selling that to the swing voters in yeah. fucking you know, go to um, stoke you on you trent yeah, like... yeah, yeah. World government. Like, oh, the left have got to stop sounding unpatriotic and anti-Britain. By the way, we need a world government.
0: <laughs> can, can, <laughs> I, can I just say, um, he describes Jeremy Corbyn's better-than-expected 2017 performance. He can never, like, be um, purely... Pra- he can never purely praise a 2017 result. No, but he no does. there is no
1: credit. Given but he
0: does acknowledge it exists, which is a step up from a lot of other writers in this general yeah. area. <gasps> but he does say, like yes, yet this was enabled by major concessions on Trident, Welfare, Brexit and Immigration. I'm like, You're no, the party! Yeah, <laughs> concessions and... to you! And no one is pretending that that wasn't the case. No one, to my knowledge, no, has come yeah. out and said the 2017 manifesto was perfect. If it was fucking perfect, we wouldn't have done the 2019 manifesto! Yeah, which he <laughs> ain't. He's like, oh, sorry, you, you've
1: dropped the compromises that I criticised you for making that I also happen to agree with. He's, he's like, right, so... Labour does things that, so he's angry at Labour, not having policies that he agreed with since they elected Corbyn so Labour adopts the policies that he agrees with and he's still angry at them and then they drop the policies that he agrees with in the next election, some of them, not all of them Labour was still pro-nuke and stuff uh, but they drop the policies he agrees with again and he's still angry I'm getting the sense that this guy is just angry at Corbyn, whatever the fuck he does
0: Yeah, then the next section is just him reiterating Rawlsian theory and I (laughs) yeah, <laughs> have literally no interest in rules in theory, but <laughs> it <this laughs> does. Oh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, this
1: does contain, uh, you know, so we established earlier John McDonnell was completely wrong to call Winston Churchill a villain, it just showed how out of touch he is with um, the everything with being a human being who deserves life. Uh, but <laughs> so anyway, let's just quote like you, it is just outrageous to call a man a villain he said this in 1937 i do not admit that a great wrong has been done to the red indians of america or the black people of australia by the fact that a stronger race a higher grade race that's like some trump shit a stronger race a higher grade race has come in and taken its place yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Winston Churchill. You cannot call that man a villain. That is unacceptable. There
0: is a point in this chapter that I was largely skipping through because it was heavily rulesian In uh, there is this. <laughs> there is this. This is a key point missed by those, including Corbyn himself, who claims, who's claimed that the Corbyn project was vindicated by the subsequent result to the COVID nineteen crisis. Labour must find a way to inve- ev- invest more in services and to reduce inequality with- without depending on a global shutdown and the bottom potentially falling out of society. What do you think, Jeremy Corbyn was Whoa. fucking? Doing for yeah, the past yeah. fucking four <laughs> years, mate. Like, yeah, exactly. what the fuck do you think the guy was trying to do that people wouldn't let him fucking do? The, the, Wait, the... What
1: Jeremy Corbyn supports socialist policies now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why didn't he think of that before? <laughs> My
0: goodness, what an idea. Why didn't I think of that? I would simply be socialist without the COVID 19 crisis. Fucking oh, hell, man. man. Like, that's just so funny. astonishingly galaxy brained moment That's. I was just kind of pressing for it because I'm like, rules, okay, I'm not interested. And then I saw this quote <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay, but this is going to be. Yeah. He
1: also says here that the Falklands War remains for, pardon me, the last episode of true flag waving jingoism in the UK. What about Britpop? What about Noel Gallagher's guitar? No, I was actually going to say what about the reaction to Jeremy Corbyn? Yeah, (laughs) That that seemed basically like flag-waving jingoism but David Cameron got up and called this man who was a principled opponent of war uh, a Britain-hating terrorist sympathiser and like the entirety of the liberal fucking public sphere was just like, oh well I suppose that you do hate Britain if you
0: criticise it. The you thing know, is, <laughs> when he said that um, in Parliament, lots of people demanded David Cameron apologise over and over again. Like, even like the SNP were like, "Yeah, there's not a fucking terrorist sympathiser in these benches. You should probably apologise for that." And he just kept refusing. You know?
1: Yeah, I think more people in the SNP probably defended Corbyn on that than people in Labour.
0: Uh, quite uh, a <laughs> lot of Labour MPs did because I feel like a lot of them were minded to vote against, and it kind of spooked them just ever so slightly that. Um, <laughs> that that was easily deployed in such a casual way. But yeah, um, so there's a thing here where he's like the 1940, you know, the left populist response to like progress made in on the issue of racism is that the 1940 style racism still exists and is obfuscated by the establishment. I got Christ. some bad news, which is that races, the structures of racism that existed then exist now. I'm sorry, I don't want to be... I hate to be structural
1: about it. I got bad vibes from that bit, man, where he's just trying to basically say people who complain about racism need to shut up because New Labour solved it. Yeah. I got I got
0: bad news. New Labour did not solve the problem. <laughs> if, if, no. if If New Labour solved the problem, I don't think it, we would have it... seen a lot of the policies we saw...
1: He's very fucking generous to Cameron and Osborne as well. Their record on inequality apparently remains better than it could be. They supported the minimum wage. Parts of New Labour's social justice agenda remained under the Tories. They maintained Labour's international aid commitments, and this is telling given their austerity agenda, Levels of public spending, mm. I, um, they, and and finally he says that the Tories under David Cameron and George Osborne championed income inequality and the NHS.
0: I um one more thing in this racism section, he uses the phrase "genuine racism." So there are still many instances of genuine <laughs> racism, of course. Yeah Jeremy Corbyn, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> yeah. So th- this entire section was just grim. Then there's, like, the case against the golden era continued. He's obsessed with the golden era, and this is the psychology one. It's a one that he, doesn't
1: even exist.
0: Yeah, yeah. the golden era does not exist in any leftist analysis that I've ever been privy to or ever I think reading. it does in
1: some. I think it, it does in some. I mean, that Ken Loach film, it yeah. was, that is a golden era myth. And but, he starts
0: yeah. talking about post-materialist values, uh, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, And he he, he basically posits that, and this is the chapter where he posits that, like, the young people who backed Corbyn actually are more liberal and right-wing than their predecessors. That's why they backed him. And I'm like, can you, (laughs) like, get your head out of your ass, mate? Like, why would people who are the most, (laughs) you know, why, if, if, if millennials, people of my age, are the most right-wing, or the most liberal, capital-L, liberal generation, why did they vote for the most left-wing leader of a mainstream party ever in the in the post-war period of the UK? Why did they do that?
1: Uh, there must have been conned, mate. They thought that he was some kind of EU fanatic. Apparently, that's the uh, you know centrist rationalisation for 2017. And we uh, have which pops up in here. People just assumed Corbyn loved the EU because he liked immigrants or something.
0: That, that apparently, that, no. And also, <laughs> I will just say that um, there is lots of polling and data that indicates that young people in fact are not liberal in the neoliberal sense that they are left-wing and they hold much more many more left-wing views than previous generations will that have mm. consequences in the future who can say who can say um and um i'm sure i'm sure that divide will not be exacerbated once we move into the shit heap of the post-covid economy i'm sure that's not going to be a thing
1: yeah um, uh- Speaking about moving into shit heaps, <laughs> did you have anything more to say on this or should we go into the autobiographical?
0: I want section? to go into the autobiographical section because as far as I can see, the only note I have from here is that Emily Fawnbury's derision of St. George's of the St. George's flag was based as fuck. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I've, got, I've got a bunch of notes for this
1: actually. Uh yeah, yeah, I you actually uh, fuck, one of them is a joke that I used earlier. Never mind. Oh um You hate to see we, it, folks. We we get more autobiographical <laughs> graphical detail in here so this is a section where he basically takes head on the counter arguments that people could use against. yeah him.
0: I, I, I would like to point out that my first thing here is my family were labor activists and my dad had been a labor front bench politician in the 2000s yeah he doesn't mention who it's so like i, I you can look it up mate my my notes were explains him being a cunt i got it out <laughs> um, uh, also a front bencher like people call like charlotte
1: nichols at one of starmer's front benches who's just like the, the you know shadow minister of uh, you know taking a uh, advancing your career at the expense of a wider left you know like you people who can have absolute nothing roles and still get called uh, a front bencher yeah. so i think he's rather playing down the fact that his father was to of the Education secretary. Education and then ultimately home secretary, one of the so-called yeah. great offices of state. I-, I will
0: say Sleeping Dragon 5, uh, the autobiographical section does not use the term fail, son. I can't think why.
1: No, it doesn't. Um, um, there is
0: reveals there is a good he, quote here which is i was in fact surprised by the visceral hostility corbin triggered in me and i'm like yeah eh. triggered yeah <laughs> i know i know you know yeah yo you <laughs> cock bro you're a cock. yeah he like, actually is a cock bro, to be honest the, the, the um, dirtbag left strikes again <laughs>
1: yeah um, <laughs> what are we i thought we were called like the i don't know didn't someone come up with a phrase for us like the the dickhead left the, the ketamine scumbag... left oh yeah the ketamine scumbag left. the scumbag left as well we are yeah, yeah the, scum, the scumbag left is too much like the dirtbag left the ketamine left yeah is that's better. that's definitely um,
0: what we're about we do not reveals... endorse any ketamine use to be clear <laughs> no, <laughs> I do. Uh,
1: he reveals that he volunteered on the david miliband campaign <laughs> and as a community organizer on a 2012 obama campaign going over to like campaign for um like mainstream democrats is such a melt thing to do like in america um you know british melts going over there um i had a general conviction that the left was my team that's Uh. weird because there were two you know at least two i'd say there were four candidates out of the five in the labor leadership 20 contest 2010 who were more left wing than uh, David Miliband, yeah. So, did at no point the supporters of Ed Miliband, Diane Abbott, or even Andy Burnham or Ed Balls, uh, you know, say, Oh, good, you seem a bit right wing on this stuff, mate. Um
0: Anyway, there is a good bit here where he says, I left the party, left the late, left the Labour Party in June 2017. Yeah. And he basically goes (laughs) on about how upset he was that Corbyn did well because he compromised (laughs) specifically because he compromised. He was
1: upset. Corbyn, like grown up. politics of compromise they are for me and my my my, dad and sensible people like us not for you my my note here is lol what a baby um yeah and he's joined the party again now of course yeah
0: of course yeah and then he talks about how corbin is he he says hearing this from corbin a man who contributed so little to changing the uk for the better like, and then, uh, yeah, basically, he's talking about, like, <laughs> well, how... Like, Liz Kendall. Liz yeah, Kendall. he's, he's talking like about how we're mean to them depending. online about being too right-wing and too compromised. And yeah. he says, like, oh, you've never delivered a leaflet in your life. And I'm like, mate, it's, it's not... First of all, it's not my fault boards, yeah. I was born in 1994 and the Labour Party was a piece of shit my whole life. Second of all, like, you don't get to pull rank because you delivered leaflets for your daddy who was a fucking PFI profiteer fuck off yeah you know
1: yeah 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 yeah. exactly i mean so like this is the bit that just vindicated my whole cod psychological analysis of this book that i'd had since the very start of reading it Uh, in fact since before i read it um so he says that he came to hate the simplistic approach of some protesters and to feel a disdain for the comedian or musician uh, musician clearly means Billy Bragg. Yeah. who got an easy clap on question time uh, as in from criticizing new labor, having, had an insight into the workings of a politician's life. This sort of lazy populism was a luxury unavailable to me. So, he just literally, like, rattled by people saying his dad was a war criminal yeah. and privatization profiteer. Yeah, he,
0: and, he admits that one of the weaknesses of his analysis is that it leaned on a small group of commentators. The four left wing commentators yeah. in the entire UK, apparently yeah. Owen Jones, Paul Mason, Ken Loach, and George Monbiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I have, have various to feelings to on. But yeah, he those says, the... Yeah. He, he
1: says John Pilger supported Trump, which I'm not entirely you... sure is true. I think he was just kind of one of those like, you know, not pro-Hillary people.
0: So so like there's a quote here where he's like, yet it's more he talks about how like there is disproportionate press pressure to understand the populist right as he defines it but then he goes Yet yeah, it's more fashionable on the center left to be disdainful rather than curious about those drawn to corbin yes dude you <laughs> you did it <laughs> <Yeah. Come on. laughs> what about this yeah i got a mirror for you unless you're john Rentoul, in which case i don't unfortunately um <laughs> just
1: come on I-, I love this so much uh uh, it was the stirring of an identity as in his hatred of I, Corbyn. Was, it, it, at least he admits that hating Corbyn became an identity. I, I, I have
0: bad news for Mick Wright if he's still in the chat, which is that this gentleman is a Norwich City fan. Bad news, oh. Mick. Uh, hey, and Juliet Jakes if she's in the chat. Bad news. <laughs> uh, apologies. More
1: evidence of Norwich's Tory leanings. That's um, right. <laughs> um, he says it was a stirring of an identity I'd never quite been aware of and perhaps of an anger at all the times that you end up as the child of a politician being mischaracterized yeah i i i I, I, I just have no sympathy man i know children of politicians who are are not this level of pussy
0: i (laughs) i i have to say i um i got to the bit i've just in my notes where he's like how upset he was at people mocking his dad my note is lol what a baby this is also where he calls matt zab cousin a left-wing provocateur (laughs) Um, who's, yeah
1: who, who's worse than James Delling
0: friend of the stream Matt's cousin what a guy lovely guy not a bad uh, not a bad word to say about him I will just yeah. say that he he's it's like a family member who constantly snubs or embarrasses you. Yeah, they snub you because you're cunts. <laughs> you're a fucking nerd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like... <laughs> and Matt embarrasses you because
1: like he's, he's cool, you know, a lot li- a lot li- yeah, yeah, cool and likable. Like, fuck, why is this guy so so uh so so cool and, and likable? And then there's a bit where you can <laughs> tell
0: he's itching to use the word cult to describe Corbinism. Yeah. Where he's I'm like oh he's like, Oh yeah, the, you know, the left populists are held up as idols and proximity creates the feeling of a false prophet being worshipped and I'm like just say cult if you want to say cult just say it
1: in the bit I was reading a minute ago, he concludes the accusation of being a Tory leveled on social media at Liz Kendall backers. So he, he he admits as much, not by anyone of any significance, was to me personal precisely because I so stridently felt I wasn't. It was the feeling of
0: being ejected from an in-group for granted, yeah, that so this is him going through reasons why he hates um certain groups, and he gets um one of the fourth reason why he hates the populist left basically, and is that like the populist left takeover accelerated the gentrification of the Labour Party, <laughs> yeah, and, and he, like, oh, he talks I, about I'm like class. interpretive dance in support of Corbyn at the World Transformed. Now, I've never been to the World Transformed, I did. I, was, I did run a tabletop game at one of the events this year, last year, sorry. Uh, it was good fun, but I've never been in person. I don't think there's an interpretive dance in favor of Jeremy Corbyn, but also I will point out, how are we defining class? Because, I don't know, a- anecdotal data, right? But most of us who I interact with, who I chat with, are not middle-class people who can live off our parents' money out in the world doing whatever we want. We all have to earn our money somehow. We've got, you know, we've got to pay our rent. We've got to get on with our lives. A lot of us are just office workers, or out of work, or Twitch streamers, or podcasters, or you know, we're not exactly raking it in. Like precariat at best is describes most of us, right? It's mm. all, you know, and unfortunately, precarity is going to become even wider after COVID, the COVID crisis abates. But I don't get this idea that. Corbynites are uniquely middle class in politics. I think there's always going to be like no, it's, it's just a nonsense to me. I I get the feeling there's always going to be a disproportionate membership of any party that's going to be middle class because those are the people who have the time for it. But I, I mean,
1: ultimately, like it, it if there's a there's nothing wrong with criticizing hypocrisy but there if there comes a point where your supposed anti-hypocrisy stance is just petty bitchy reaction i mean um what well, who was it you saw it from uh it was one of the usual guys like you know lee uh Lee Harpin, the fake newsmeister from yeah. the Jewish Chronicle. The, I think The, the he, most uh, sued man in Britain. Uh, yeah, he, he was, uh, it was just something about like free broadband or something, but he was just sneering at like, oh, Richard Bergen said this or whatever. And his point was like totally semantic. And I was just like, so you're saying this because Yeah, like why? Come on, free man. Free broadband wouldn't be a good idea. I'm just like, well, come on, get let's get down to it and like say like, what is this hypocrisy really like the most glaring thing, or or is the or, or does it make any actual material difference to the so, issue? Like so, like I I agree like you know I wouldn't like go mad at her for it. I don't think Diane Abbott should have sent her kid to private school. Does it make any fucking difference to the case against private school on a material level? Not really, no went there no not in the slightest so yes like sometimes it's good to like get a little gotcha at someone's hypocrisy but you can never have that to be the actual basis of a political position if that yeah, makes sense yes oh and briefly that interpretive dance thing that is just the old canard uh very uh, prevalent in john o'farrell's awful book things can only get better where it's just like oh the bloody left uh, i'm a normal guy and the left is just embarrassing me with their morris dancing and just like their creative acts and making art and they're jealous of uh, how cool we are everyone not being <laughs> fucking soulless suit wearing conformist motherfuckers you know yeah. like awful perspective
0: so here's the thing the fifth reason for his dislike is that he genuinely blames populist myths the populist myths he's constructed for the failures of egalitarian politics and my <laughs> note here is that uh, then you're a fucking idiot like because yeah. here's the thing i made this point earlier i'm gonna make it again um w- in the history of the labor party the us the populist left if you like have been in control for Four years out of the hundred and twenty-one ish that it has existed, most of the failures that he describes have happened on the pluralists. How is it our fault if your lot keep fucking up? How? Yeah, just, yeah. Genuinely. Why
1: do they keep fucking up? Well, I don't know. Is them is fucking up? Ask them.
0: Yeah. And then he's like, we on the pluralist left have always been... He says that there's, like, a view on the populist left that they believe the pluralist left, through compromise, have hampered progress. And I'm like, well, yeah, but we don't think you've made any real progress, to be fair to you. Like, that would be my opinion, if you made progress. (laughs) Like, you didn't even hamper
1: progress. You didn't make any at all. Just reading my highlights of his conclusion, and you know, just like... (laughs) Stuff like uh, the bloodthirsty Blairite trope, which he complains was being circulated long before most people had heard of Corbyn. And it's like, that's because your dad voted for the Iraq war, mate. Yeah, like, And then for every like war on terror era, civil liberties violation after that, some of which he pushed as fucking home secretary
0: yeah and i just want to say there's like one where he's just reverts back to rulesian analysis where he's like what he says is like i want the rulesian analysis to just do what marxism does and i'm like mate just read marx read marx please for the love of god read fucking like i don't look i'm not a theory guy i'm not a theory bro but like for christ's sake this guy is so desperate for his like for rules to be marx that he should just read Marx. I think he'd be relieved if he read it, honestly, because he's (laughs) fairly very tense about whatever this is. Like, John Rawls and Karl Marx are different, and their philosophy serves different purposes. Read the one that serves the purpose you want! Please! For the love of God! Um... And can I just, yeah, then there's like the very last conclusion bits where he's like, hence the array of phantom menaces on offer, be it transphobes, centrist neoliberals, or Blairites. Mm. Precisely none of these are phantom menaces, can I just say? Yeah,
1: all in quotation marks, you know. And we know that he doesn't think that centrist neoliberals or Blairites are legitimate categories. So we presumably think that he does not see those we might call transphobes as being so. Yeah. And he, because he did it earlier.
0: Yeah, and he keep he goes on like like oh, why are you not constructive critics critics of the Blair Brown premierships? Why do you just disown them? And I'm like, the problem is we didn't disown them enough. Like actually, yeah. like Jeremy Corbyn, to his credit, actually bothered to find the positive things like short Start and all of this stuff that they keep yelling at us and actually championed them while the people who voted for it at the time jeremy corbyn included he voted for the good things incidentally yeah. um like then t- pivoted to these things are bad actually because the mean beard jam grandpa said it and i don't like him and i'm like well then you, what the fuck are you doing just quit quit move on with your life go do other things you can do other things you don't have to be an mp or a politician you can do other things like yeah. you could be a twitch streamer like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> the most fucking
1: disgusting thing in this conclusion is again he basically blamed the left for the murder of joe cox like yep. he said i would argue that it is engaged oh, i don't know what about that as and as the murder of joe cox showed there will always be unhinged individuals around who take at face value for narratives used for expediency by populists.
0: I, I um, just, my note here was fucking how the Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it took at face value the narratives of populism. It was a narrative of fascism that Thomas May believed in when he killed Joe Cox. That's, how, that's outrageous depoliticization. I
0: honestly think a lot of people need to take Joe Cox out of their mouth. Let the woman rest in peace, honestly. Like, yeah. honestly, like, just let the woman rest in peace because it's just, it is grotesque the way that she's trotted out as an instrument by anyone, really. Like, I find it really
1: pretty much instantly as well the british media kind of like uh, they, they 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 went they 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 straight up were just like yeah this is um <laughs> you know, this is uh, this basically shows that people on both sides need to stop being so mean to establishment figures like us and our friends in the houses of parliament as if um as, as if somebody saying a mean thing to a journalist was the same thing as the fucking guy killing joe cox for her for politics he perceived
0: to be left-wing i i make um, this point a lot which is that there's this seems to be this understanding among a certain group of people that people being rude to them on twitter is equal to fascist violence which... yeah I, it's not. I'm sorry, it's just materially not that. I'm sorry.
1: He, he gets very angry at some guy who wore an eradicate the Blairite vermin um fucking t-shirt to a rally. I'm just like, okay, but did that guy then go and get a gun and a knife and try and quote-unquote eradicate the Blairite vermin physically? No, he didn't. No, Did anybody at that rally get incited to do so? No, they didn't. Uh, it's quite a long way from uh, an example like the uh the joe cox thing
0: yeah so there's this bit where he goes like oh you know they explain what they're you know trying to explain what the leftist the left populist hatred for tony blair is and he goes (laughs) like but you can't help wondering if part of it is a reaction to blair's ostentatiously pluralist approach i'm sorry mate it's because blair's a war criminal i yeah it's it's literally that i mean like i know i have the Golden Tonti emote. It's literally not out of admiration for the man. He is a war criminal. There's a reason why the top Tonti reward is uh, um, immunity from war crime prosecutions. Like, it's because he's a war criminal. He's a bad person. Like, come on. Invading Iraq was very pluralist, but he makes that case. He constantly says that, like, intervention is the pluralist position. That is what he believes. This is not that's not me putting words in his mouth. Then it's just (laughs) a lot of him crying about all sorts of things. And then there's another fucking horseshoe diagram. And then he's talking about Keir Starmer. And then he derides the idea that labor won the argument when we've just had polling data that between 2016 and 2019 attitudes on issues relating to the economy, immigration and all of these other things moved more than they did during the COVID crisis.
1: Yeah. Interesting how that happened. I want,
0: I wonder what the difference is. And that's polling data by a, you know, typical reputable polling firm. That's not me making it up.
1: So so let's just say, like, this is uh, the political... This is the left, right? Uh, wait, which hand is on the left for you guys?
0: Oh, God, I don't know how <laughs> to... Yeah, that one, yeah, that one. That one, yeah.
1: Okay, so uh, they want basically the right uh, sorry they want the left to expand loads in this way to include people on the right and his hands the, actually about to appear here um and the le- they want the let the the amount of leftists who are actually considered legitimate parts of the left
0: yeah <laughs> to that's just move it. off completely till it's like that but like five inch 500 inches to the right of you know. basically his hands would be in nottingham by the time you know anyway <laughs> um yeah, yeah, yeah. They say part of the reason was that some on the
1: pluralist left welcomed uh, this was part of the reason rather, that some on the pluralist left welcomed Rory Stewart's run at the 2019 Tory leadership. I'm mean, like, you know, I don't know anyone who is actually on the left who like fucking Rory Stewart.
0: As a I mean, me- as a meme, he was a pretty good meme. I, I thought he was a pretty good meme, but like, you know.
1: Well, I liked when he uh, tried to Getting on the Stretton Rovers banter and Trevor Bastard was like "fuck off."
0: I thought that was a fair effort, but yeah, um, it it is funny to imagine him as a Trevor Bastard character, but he's not. He is a Tory, and yeah, he's... there there are these things where he's like, "Oh, we need to argue for democratic socialist politics," which subscribes to the following analysis, and the analysis is just horse shit. <laughs> yeah, where he's like, "Oh we yeah, live, we live in a democracy." That implies this implies pluralism. I mean, we have lots of questions about whether we exist in a fucking democracy, really. And whether that implies pluralism, it feels like a pluralist democracy would not have had this visceral, hysterical reaction to someone who's slightly outside of the mainstream.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so he says examples. uh, So very early on in the book, he mentions something about uh, examples of what, though? Um, yeah, from the Syria debate to the Haringey count- to Haringey Council's high-profile divisions over housing policy, the discord is fraught with accusations of bad faith. And then the examples that he provides of that are all uh, supposed examples of people on the left behaving in a really beastly manner. They include rape threats sent to Jess Phillips, pictures of dead babies sent to, I believe, Peter Kyle uh, I think it's debatable whether say the rape threats sent to Jess Phillips were from people on the left um to be honest sending somebody a dead baby uh to illustrate your anti-war politics does sound like the kind of thing that a left-wing crank would do just like
0: yeah that one did sort kind of track unfortunately I disagree well
1: it just sounds like somebody who is who believes that war uh is bad is bad <laughs> war, war kills babies uh I would I wouldn't want to engage in that kind of imagery or sending it to people because no, no. I, I you know i don't like violent images but but i can see the logic of like somebody <laughs> you know basically I, anyway i'm not trying to defend doing that i'm trying to say that that may have actually potentially been someone on the left uh, and the suggestion that an mp involved in a 2016 coup would be cock claire Cobra's resignation from harringay council followed threats of stalking threats of stalking i've really wondered what that meant in practice and again it's just been so transparent that he's on the i know he rejects this term so i'm going to use it pro-social cleansing wing of the harringay council (coughs) debate in this book he's totally on the side of the property developers and laura koonsberg again imagine fucking liking that reactionary piece of shit had to take bodyguards to the 2017 labor conference had to take bodyguards apparently had to wasn't a massive overreaction or anything. She had to. Meanwhile, the Conservatives arrived at... Conservatives, rather, arrived at their own 2017 conference to find effigies of themselves hanging from a nearby bridge. <laughs> <laughs> that is so fucking funny. Okay. You know what else is really funny? The Ken Livingston quote where he compares the hedge fund manager giving money to Dan Jarvis to Jimmy Savile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> so, so fucking funny. The, the
0: ketamine left striking again. <laughs> yeah, Ken
1: Livingston at is cat left. Yeah, yeah. yeah a, um, a pioneer of cat left.
0: I, I will just say my final note here, which is this point that he keeps making, which is few, few policies are inherently moral, even if they are right at a given time. I'm sorry, but policies have moral outcomes. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Cra- he, he the 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 main thrust here is I can't be held morally responsible for my politics. It seems to be the one of the big defining grasps he's making. Other than that, I think I've done with my notes. Actually, oh wait, no, there is one last note, which is we may think of of right of we may think these right of center voters are working on false premises, and indeed their ideas of fairness are not my own. I mean, just admit you want to be right wing but are socially embarrassed, please. Yeah, 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 and, and also like he's kind of just like you know
1: or. All- Uh, He just assumes all this bad shit for left at the same time. So it's so exhausting being told, oh, you you should not call right-wing racists racists. By the way, Jeremy Corbyn is a racist. I'm just like, fuck you, what... I do not accept this double standard which is um, w- which is laid out by our media that you seem to have fucking swallowed hook, line, and sinker. I love, like speaking of the media, all the fucking stupid people who he quotes in this. Like, journalist Jane Merrick, the, st- the stupidest person in the media, describes <laughs> the Corbynite response to her.
0: Oh. Oh dear, has it done it again? It's done it again. Right, one final uh, error for you all. Man's back sorry jack uh i'm trying to get when, when,
1: when um like when when jane merrick did that thing uh of like talking about how her dad didn't want to vote labor because of Corbyn. most of the comments were just like i was just like your dad is john merrick the elephant man <laughs> <laughs> um
0: yeah i think i think that's the book for everyone though um oh yeah 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 literally all i have left is I kept
1: uh, highlighting just all the stupid dickheads who he cites. Like, Rob Ford points out. That's not the crack-smoking Rob Ford. No, that's
0: the the cool Rob Ford.
1: Um... Yeah, the guy who's writing makes him seem even more... This is, like, meth Rob Ford. (laughs) Rob Ford who does meth and then writes political science papers. Yeah, yeah allegedly mm. uh, uh phil collins uh again not not even the good drummer phil collins janan ganesh oh god i hate dickhead. that guy glenn o'hara criticizes corbyn's labor for being too right wing the journalist <laughs> john rental who has provocatively sought to play corbyn journalist like imagine how full of shit your brain would be if you read all these people regularly yeah uh, um let's, let's see just a couple more. Um, he basically said that the left supported le pen against macron despite the hard left literally coming third in that presidential election in the form of melanchon um he says ian lavery is on the far left which is a mad thing to uh, say He's a no classic like like old labor figure um who supported andy burnham in very 2015. very nice person um uh uh, he 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 rejects the claim that Hamas and Hezbollah represent a legitimate part of our movement, which is
0: uh, no one suggested they did. I don't think.
1: Yeah, well, I think they re- represent a legitimate part of a, of peace talks, and uh, to say otherwise is not very pluralist. That's right. Um, he call, he describes Giles Fraser as pro-lexit when Giles Fraser, of course, voted conservative at the last election. Strange. Uh, says that Corbyn and McDonald reneged on countless lifelong commitments after taking office, which, as I pointed out, is because they had to share a party with him. He quotes Norman Garras, one of the architects of the Euston Manifesto and spiritual forefather of the Gerizites,
0: Um the... Regularly um, quoted by the Open Labour Foreign Policy pamphlet, I might point out. Um...
1: Oh my God, wow. That, yeah. th- uh, that's worse than I thought.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, like <laughs> me, me and John were like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, we couldn't quite...
1: Yeah, um... he quotes Ian Leslie, who was the guy that Matt Zav, um went on that podcast with and was like, he was quoted by the host as... No, Ian Leslie was, like, quoting Matt saying that uh, people were melts. And he was like, uh, you said here that um, uh, you are a complete melt. Uh, all the best and love to the family. Uh... Based. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this guy apparently reads that fucking pathetic wanker like, oh, wow, what a clever guy. Uh, <laughs> Phil, Phil Collins cited again. John Elledge is cited and uh... is the most... The most left-wing person, John Ellidge, is the most left-wing person approvingly cited in this book. Um, but he simultaneously cites Lisa Nandy, Front Centre for Towns. Uh, more citations. Oh, good. Tony Blair. Tony <laughs> Blair writes. Tim Bale suggests. The Robert Webb quote in full is as follows.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a bad one.
1: He uh, cites current Labour Shadow Home Secretary Nick Thomas Nobody's uh, Nye Bevan autobiography. He cites John Bew, John the imperialist philosopher.
0: Uh, Uh, Sorry,
1: historian. Is he a philosopher? No, I think he's a historian. I think
0: he's a historian, right?
1: he cites dominic sandbrook here he says dominic sandbrook traces left-wing nostalgia as far back as it will go uh, and points to the myopia at its core yeah dominic sandbrook then he cites dominic sandbrook again a page later um a guy from the right-wing federalist magazine journalist john harris oh, dominic no. sandbrook again uh <laughs> I, I, robert I... oh
0: yeah, a don't...
1: robert peston article summed up this dilemma Oh no. I I think I think I think we get the idea of how bad it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I mean, I, yeah. I it, it's all this kind of
0: stuff really. Like I... that's that. About... All well, you need to know. I think. I think. <laughs> I think it's time for us to wrap up because, as usual, this has gone on for more than three hours. Whenever I have Jack on, we 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 go on, but it's good. It's always good. Um, he
1: doesn't like Gary Young or Joseph Harker or Mayor Goodfellow or several other BAME people who have written for the Guardian at one point uh, or another. Uh, but he does like Tim Bale and he does like Ian Leslie yeah. again. Yes, yeah. and J.K. So- Rowling. oh he does like jk rowling someone asked in the chat um so um
0: i think we're gonna wrap up if you're new here you should follow me um here and on twitter and also i was asked to plug the uh, uvw uh strike that is ongoing and how you can support them so there is the link for you all uh jack do you want to tell everyone where they can find you yeah um go and uh, listen to real politics
1: at uh, Real Politics, I got the name of my own podcast wrong. Listen to us at uh, MikeGapes.co.uk, which will take you to our SoundCloud page. Uh, we've got a Patreon, patreon.com RealPolitics. We really need the fucking money, guys, so please sign up and give us some there. We'll have a new Patreon episode out in the next day. Uh, and, yeah, check out Gapecast as well, which is our sitcom about Mike Gapes that is on... Um, the uh on the real politics sound club with everything else and uh furthermore um i do some stuff with new socialists check them out they're they're a great publication
0: yeah uh we're gonna raid a friend of mine again because i'm trying to help boost his channel otherwise uh drop a follow for me go check out jack's podcast it's all very good Um uh, otherwise i think that's it from us oh tomorrow I'm doing the YouTube zone, so you all need to send me slop for the YouTube zone. So DM me on Twitter all of your best YouTube videos so that I can react to them and make make fun of them or just be disgusted because most of you send me horrible things. Otherwise, good night, everyone. Good night and good luck. Rock and roll.